The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. everyone and welcome again to the Astro Lab, the only podcast on the internet everyone seems to want to ban these days and well they finally got us in legacy a while back but we're still playable in vintage so it's okay uh i am one of your co-hosts joe dyer and with me as always is mr scott campbell how you doing tonight scott i i'm here it's been a day <laughs> like i'm here as well oh man so for, before i start uh if you're listening to this podcast thank you uh, please make sure you bookmark it in whatever podcaster or capture podcasting or whatever it is that you use. I just realized that we're on Google Pot, uh, Google Podcast, so that's the way I do it. Uh, it's easy if you are a work-at-home person like myself. Uh, you can listen to various podcasts through Google. Uh, definitely go subscribe, check us out, tell your friends, uh, and then every time you want to go back and see new episodes... You can just go to your subscriptions. Da, da, da. Uh, also, it's Mother's Day weekend. So as we record tomorrow's Mother's Day, uh, shout out to all the mothers out there, uh, especially our wives uh, who gave us our children. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, our own in individual mothers. Uh, thank you for putting up with us. Uh, and thanks to my mom for let me be a nerd. Um, oh, what? For, tho for those listening at home, Joe, Joe <laughs> has a... Uh, is that Mando on a speeder bike? Yeah, you can't see Grogu. Oh, okay. Mando and, oh, and Grogu uh, there from Mandalorian he's on a speeder so, bike. He's so tiny. Le Lego Mando, I, mind you. Yeah, I, I bought the um, cool. I bought the, tr the Trouble on Tatooine oh. set, and that's a pretty neat little set. So Yeah, uh, season uh, two, episode one? I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, got, it's got the little Tusken Raider hut yeah. and the, the, the little ballista. That they used for the crate dragon. Nice. Now we, so. we probably won't be talking about the bad batch today because there's so much magic news to talk about. Plus, yeah. I haven't seen it yet because I started it and it took the Clone Wars logo and wiped it out to make it bad batch. And I'm like, all right, fine. So I start watching Clone Wars, and then when I start <laughs> watching on Disney Plus. I'm like, none of these make sense. Wait, Joe said there's an order. I started watching in that order, and I'm like. So who is Vantress, and why has she not been introduced properly prior to these episodes? Wait, yeah. now there's a movie. Oh yeah, I forgot there was one. So I'm yeah. like, so I'll I'll get there. Give me time. I'll catch up. <laughs> we'll probably talk about Bad Batch eventually. But yeah, I will say only the the only thing I have to say about it is that it was really good. Yeah, yeah, I, I've so, I've heard good yeah. things about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I've heard from people who uh, watched Falcon and Winter Soldier and were like not liking it, not for like anything like you know hating it or whatever just right it, it just it wasn't their cup of tea and i'm like uh, i'm yeah. like sure jan whatever um <laughs> but uh yeah i um i understand that covid uh oh great i just demonetized us uh i understand uh, uh the pandemic the right i know has been a thing however 
if you run a business, especially if it's just a comic book shop, and you have an online presence, and you have your hours saying that you're open on Saturday, make sure that you actually are open. Because if someone <laughs> drives 45 minutes one way, and you are closed, or your door doesn't work where it says the open sign, usually that's the door you need to go through where a sign says open. You know, I did, and it's locked. Um, it's not good. Don't waste my time. Um, I uh, I talked last week about getting in, getting more into Transformers, uh, yeah. especially with the masterpiece. Uh, I kind of missed the old Marvel stories. Uh, they were made available in trade paperback through IDW Publishing many years ago, so I missed the boat right. on those. Um, some of those are uh, almost the price of a dual land. To kind of give you an idea of the price of a trade paperback. Uh Uh, And I'm like, "Mm, so what about the individual issues? What if I just got the whole 80 issue run? But I'm like, wait a minute. Then there's the four issues of the Transformers universe where it gives you like their bio and and all that stuff. And then there's the four issue movie adaptation. Then there's the four issue headmasters. Then G.I. Joe versus Transformers. Right? There, there's easily like almost 100 total issues of the Marvel run. Right. And I'm like, eBay! And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so now I go through the filters to make sure I'm not looking for graded ones. And I'm not looking for like auctions uh, where I have to place a bid. So right. I'm just digging through that and I'm like, this is getting tedious. Um, right, right, right. So there, there, there's that. Um you know, I, I'd rather go to. I'd rather. I miss. Before there was magic, there was comic books, and I miss going to places where I can just go and rummage through what they have, as far as back issues, and just mm. finding things. Right, like oh, well, I'm I'm trying to get this run of Uncanny X Men or whatever. Right. Like, oh, well, they don't have the next the issue I was looking for next, but they do have ones I would be looking for next week or whatever. So kind of get ahead and it's that hunt and, and that drive. And, like, I, I kind of miss that a little bit. Um, uh-huh. Now everything's online. So it's like, I don't know, maybe the issues are even available online. I can just read them online. Right. Roll my eyes. Um, wow. So, yeah, there, there's that. Uh uh, yesterday was cool because uh, Reds pitcher Wade Miley threw a no hitter. That was nice. That was dope. Uh, stayed up, watched that game a little bit. I was kind of watching the game, playing on Arena, and like just browsing the web and, and stuff. Um, actually, I was also watching some of those episodes of Clone Wars while I was <laughs> watching the Reds game. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Earn that. Uh, it, for all for everything, all things considered, everything's okay. Uh, especially now I got Mox Diamonds. Signed Mox Diamonds. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's really why I did it. Like, uh, for those kind of confused what I'm talking about, a uh, couple weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, I posted a question on Twitter asking the universe, if you were to take a couple spare modern decks and just trade them in uh, to get game pieces... In, in return, like legacy game pieces, would you do it? And people were like, no, don't do it. No, 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 don't, don't. No, you're losing decks. Da, da, da. And like, mind you, like, oh, wait, they're not up there. They're actually on the table. I was going through them today. Sorry. But still, I, I have decks. You, you've 
probably right, right. have heard me talk about before. I have six modern decks right now. I, I cut down right. from eight to now six. Um, and that on top of other money that I've had come in, uh, I noticed someone had posted for sale a bunch of signed cards on one of the signed websites uh, or mm-hmm. Facebook groups. So I asked them, like, all right, I see you have three Mox Diamonds pictured. Do you happen to have a playset? Or are those the only three? Like, oh, yeah, I have one. I'll just take the one out of my cube uh, and take the money and go get unsigned one put in my cube. And Hmm. I'm like, cool. So uh, he had that in a playset of True Name Nemesis from Commander 2013 signed by Zach Stella. Nice. Uh, Zach Stella, good dude, by the way. Uh, Good dude. Uh, met, Met him once. God, five years ago. Uh, yeah, I've met him too. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were at the same event where we met him. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got um, I saw him also at um, was that SCG Con? S- SCG Con, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he gave, he signed some uh, he signed the counter spell that I've got in my cube. Yeah. He's a so. art director at uh, at Magic now. I yep. Believe. Yep, yep. He's an art director for Wizards now. Yep. So, so uh, I got that stuff in the mail, and uh, of course, I made a meme with uh, Bilbo looking down at the ring. They're mine. My right? Precious. Why shouldn't they? They're mine. Right. <laughs> um, and it, it sucks to ha- having to have to do this. Well, I don't want to say have to do this. Choosing to do this. Because there were a couple of years where. I was in Magic a lot, and then suddenly, like, our legacy stuff kind of, like, dissipated. Right. Um, and it's like, crap. And then sell off some cards to pay some bills, or, like, uh, for one of the times I did that, uh, it helped fund a trip for my wife, my parents, and I out to Cooperstown and Boston for, like, uh, a, a little vacation. Right. Uh, so we got to go to Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, we got to sit in seats at Fenway Park, watch a game, and then right. come back. So, like, while I regret doing some of those things at the same time, you know, the, that's a moment that was never going to happen again. Right, right. Um, so, it's like, I'll get these later. And, and that's kind of how right. I'm treating the modern stuff. Like, I have the modern decks I'm going to play, hopefully soon, and we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, so, the decks I gave up, I'm like, well, oh, shit, I can... I'll probably eventually just rebuild them because um, mm-hmm. I've done it before, sadly. Um, and, and with the things that are coming out, I kind of think, like, for instance, with Burn, with Modern Burn, I have a feeling eventually that the, was it, uh, that one white drop from Strixhaven, what, what's the name of that card? Uh, Clever Luminance. Yeah, that's it. Lu- Lumamancer. Yeah, I have a feeling that card is going to to uh, force its way into that deck. Uh, Because it already splashes white, and it's mostly red-based spells. Uh, They'll just have to find a way to find another white source. I I think they have enough white sources, but um, yeah, I I don't know. It's just looking at play of the decks I got rid of was Foil Modern Burn. And foil modern death and taxes. Now foil modern death and taxes. I'm like, I ain't playing right now anyway, so I'm not getting any mileage out of the deck. Plus, I already have it in legacy. It's up there. Um, and then with modern burn, it just it played out the same way every time. There wasn't a um 
I don't want to say there wasn't any joy playing it. I, I enjoy playing it. I usually play it in the summer because it's hot, right? Burn. Mm-hmm. Memes, jokes, whatever. Um, but when you when you work all week, you get to the point you go to F&M. You're like, hey, what's up, buddies? Haven't seen you in a while. Talking, cracking up, making jokes. I'm like, all right, play. And it's literally just the same play patterns over and over again. It's like, cool, I worked all this week to just come, just do line 10, print. Line 20, like, you know, I just right. feel like an Apple IIe program. And, I don't know, it it's a fine deck. Like I said, I'll probably get it eventually again for like the fourth or fifth time. I may not. I, I may just pass on it and be like, I'm cool with not having it. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, sorry. Kind of rambling. It's just like, like <laughs> yeah. I said, dude. It's it's been it's been a day today. Um, but how are you? You you went to King's Island. I'm looking at you. You're looking a little red there. You got some sun. Yeah, yeah. It was a little sunny out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also a little crowded. Uh, so we were just kind of like, eh, a little too crowded for uh, our tastes. Uh, the biggest problem had to do with the fact that. Uh, so one of the things that they, they have done now is like, if you're outside and you're able to be like distance from other people, you don't have to wear your mask. Uh, so that's one thing that they did. Um, the other thing that they did is if, uh, they also took away, um, capacity limits for this weekend. Mm. Uh, so there's, there were no capacity limits Mm. or whatnot for this weekend. So they, it really was kind of like, okay, but this was also only season pass holders, and it was a really nice day today. Must be a lot of season and pass holders then. There were a lot of season pass holders, yeah. Nice. It was, so, yeah, so, compared to your times in Dollywood during the pandemic and this, like, this was more, would, this was more crowded? Go, I, would, I would go back to Dollywood all day well, long. Well, sure, sure. But, I mean, yeah, th- this yeah. was more crowded? Like, was it, like, double what you saw in Hollywood, or like ten times, yeah, or yeah, it was it was it was it was worse than Dollywood, yeah. Okay, so well, uh, I got my fingers crossed, man. Like hopefully nothing, yeah, nothing bad has hap- has or will happen. But no, I, I think it'll be fine. Uh, I just don't. Uh, it's just uh, kind of awkward. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Right. Uh, I'm I'm not, you know. Up too upset with it like the only issue was like i said just going and having to like wait for stuff oh, like yeah. that was that was the pain in the butt like and i was just like okay look like it took us like an hour to get in and it took us an hour to eat lunch like we we're just like okay nah not not doing it today <laughs> like yeah, that's rough. so uh it, other than that it was it was a fine fine day it was a nice day and i think that was the biggest reason why uh, there was a lot. There was a lot of people out. It's because it was nice. Because tomorrow, and I think it's already starting tonight. Is it's going to rain? Huh. And if there was only a device that we had that allowed us yeah. to check the. Oh wait, that's right. We have this here. Major League yeah. Baseball doesn't know how to use Google or check. Yeah, no. By the way, but uh, it, it's supposed to rain, and it's supposed to rain like all day tomorrow. Yeah, it's supposed to start uh, here so... as from when we're recording this, probably within the next hour. Uh, right. not sooner and then yep literally go all day at least that's what's yep. uh, forecasted however yep. our reward for that Joe you ready for this mm. 
for dealing with all that rain tomorrow. Highs only in the high 50s for like two days straight. Great. That'll be nice. Thanks, Mother Nature. We appreciate right. it. Yeah, that'll be nice. But uh, it's like get, it'll it, be feel, it'll, it's like being it'll, punished by getting only water for dinner. Thanks, Mom. It'll feel like it'll feel like spring at least. Well, early spring, so, yeah. Early spring, yeah. So, but yeah, but other than that, uh, it's been a good week. Okay. Uh, we've we've had a kind of a busy week, but it's been a good week. So, cool. um, I did uh, stream last night. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, for those that don't know, uh, I, I hit the the one thousand followers on Twitter. Congratulations on a thousand followers! Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so part of that was uh, I purchased a a uh, horse uh, unicorn mask. Do you, do you have it to put on camera for the people listening uh, to the audio only uh, podcast? I, I have to get up to get okay, it. Okay, don't so worry about I it. I don't really feel like getting up to get it. I, I'm, <laughs> but, I'm just uh, glad I had an opportunity to make that audio versus visual joke. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, pretty wild. Uh, I could barely see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> quite literally could barely see. But uh, it was fun, uh, and uh, we certainly enjoyed it. Like, uh, I I wouldn't change doing it <laughs> for the world. Like, it was totally hilarious. It, is it up yet? Uh, the VOD is up. Nice. Uh, so you can go on to YouTube. I actually put the link uh, in the uh, show notes. So, uh, uh, so uh, Joe showed me a still picture of him in this mask. <laughs> and, and I had a, I had a feeling even going into this I I, I think even uh, told him this on the last show or something, uh, but after looking at that yeah it completely has guy in Max Hedrum mask interrupting oh yeah Chicago broadcast of Doctor Who back in 1987 or whatever if oh yeah if you don't know what I'm talking about please just Google it YouTube it a- after you see what Joe has done on his uh youtube yeah it, it's it's freaky as hell mm-hmm. like <laughs> nightmare nightmere fuel to the max and it's oh god yes oh yeah and i i died i was just like okay this is so funny yep like uh, and i and, and i had fun it like i said it's super hard to see out of right uh you have to like actually like look out of the nostril or whatnot <laughs> um as far as the league itself uh we went one four could that be because um, you're wearing that mask? No, no. Uh, I was playing uh, Equine Tribal and Legacy. <laughs> uh, so it was Horse slash Unicorn slash Pegasus Tribal uh, with an Ancient Tomb Chalice uh, mana base. Uh, were there any hurdles to uh, jump over? In this, <laughs> in this steeplechase of a deck. I needed you. See, that's what I needed. I needed you on there last night gotcha, to be able to make gotcha, the horse puns. Gotcha. Uh, yes. Uh, actually, the biggest one was that there are not enough horses in Mono White. Surprise. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, I had to branch into some other uh, uh, horse-like uh, tribes. Did you play Caribou? Like, no. No, um, it was right there. The, ma- the the main ones were um, like the main horses. Like I played Diamond Mare, okay, uh, which is the uh, the two drop uh, artifact that whenever you cast a spell of the cho- chosen color, you gain a life. Mm-hmm. So you can always choose white, obviously. So it's a life gain, uh, and it triggers uh, helps trigger uh, Crested Sun Mare. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, you're playing Crested Sun Mare. Uh, there's the uh, Shield Mare, which can't be blocked by red creatures. 
but when it enters the battlefield or it becomes a target of a spell or ability, you gain three life. Uh, Brightmare is the one that taps a creature and you gain life equal to its power. That's the hybrid mana one, right? No, it's a two and a white. It's a it's a unicorn. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not a horse. Uh, uh, it's, I had to play it's a horny horse. It's fine. Right. I had to play Splendor Mare, uh, which actually is like a really cool card. Uh, that's the one that's uh, that's the one from Ikoria that's two and a white. Uh, it's a three three lifelinker, but it also has cycling for one white, one and a white. And when you cycle it, you put a lifelink counter on something. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah, like that was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vrinwing Mare. Uh, it had it had to be because it's like your Thalia. Yep. Uh, we were playing Suppression Field. Uh, <laughs> I was playing uh, two copies of Emil the Blessed. Okay. Uh, and that never really came up. Uh, the one game I got to cast it in, they had a Caracas. So <laughs> it's just like, okay, cool. Um, uh, of course, Crested Sunmare. Yep. Um, we got to try to cast Crested Sunmare in a game and it never resolved. Did you play <laughs> Island Sanctuary? No, okay. no, we were playing. It was, it was literally the mana base was literally like 10, 11 planes, uh, four ancient tomb, like two city of traders, four cavern souls. Miss uh, Pegasus? Caracas. No, no, we tried to stick with ones that had like pretty good stats that played well with ancient tomb. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, um, sure, yeah, because like a lot of the ones, like the only one that really had an awkward stat, like, like mana cost that didn't really super go well with, with ancient tomb was shield mare. Because mm-hmm. it's one white white, right. but a lot of the ones were like two and a white. Okay. Uh, so that you know you could play because uh, it was also a playing Chrome Mox. Right. Right. Yeah. So we had to play a Chrome Mox strategy to, and uh, we did win. We did like win, like two games <laughs> in the uh, games in some of the matches oh we lost. We beat Hogak. <laughs> uh, because I cast it because uh, I well I beat Hogak in a game. Uh, by casting Chalice on one into Vrinwing Mare in game one. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so they just couldn't do anything because that deck can't do anything at all. It's pretty hot. You know, to, to a Chalice on one uh, okay. because 90% of the cards it plays are, are one drops. Right. <laughs> so, but then also like cutting them off of non creature spells uh, was pretty good. So, uh, and then game two was like really long and weird and I ended up losing. And then game three was like just quick close quick loss right. uh i beat the one the match we won was against oops all spells all <laughs> <things. laughs> wow i beat oops all spells by having a chalice on one and a chalice on zero in game one <laughs> horse stompy folks yeah it was uh it was stupid it was so super, super dumb uh now to be fair we went one four with absolutely zero tuning. Uh-huh. I did not tune this deck at all. Like literally, I was just like, "Here's all the cards I want to play." Yep. I played two practice matches of it. Uh, I actually made a post to Twitter a little while ago, just saying, "Yeah, just in case you realize that by watching the video that this deck didn't do what it was supposed to do, here's a screenshot of having Crested Sunmare in play versus somebody in the practice room from my." two matches that I played in the practice room before I have to play this deck on stream. Nice. <laughs> and it is. There's a literal screenshot of a bunch of horses in play and Crested Sunmare and an indestructible horse. Alright, so here uh, here's the real question. How many tickets does this deck cost? Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to have to go. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. It wasn't that much. Like It was 265 tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The most expensive. The most expensive things are 
Ancient Tomb, Cavern of Souls. Right. Uh, City of Traitors is a close set, close uh, third there. Uh, Chalice of the Void, and then Chrome Mox. Yeah. Uh, in fact, actually, uh, Leyline of the Void out of the sideboard is like 15 ticks. Wow. For four, for four Leylines. So. Uh, and Emil the Blessed. Emil the Blessed for two Emil the Blessed is 10 tickets. <laughs> Uh, because jumpstart. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but everything which, else, which is we're, like we're, we're getting jumpstart again. More on that later. Yeah, uh, but uh, so yeah, it was a it was a fun night. Um, I had a lot of fun just doing it. So cool. I don't know if I will ever stream with that thing ever again. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure someone yeah. will ask you to do so. I, I yeah, have I'm a sure. feeling it's going to happen. I'm sure it, so. it won't be me. I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, but I'm sure one of your th- literally now thousands of fans will ask right, you to right, do right, it. Right, right, right. So, but uh, other than that, uh, it's been a good week. Uh, we've just been busy okay. uh, this week, you know, just trying to kind of keep up with stuff and daughters going to school and just all that other fun stuff. Yeah, so. almost done with that too, right? Uh, no, she's going till like the end of June. <laughs> so, oh, oh that's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh. But, uh, oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we do have a lot to talk about tonight in large regards to magic. Um, so for those that uh, aren't aware of what's going on, we had a uh, weekly MTG stream this week. Uh, and it was a it was a, a big one. Uh, we had a lot of information uh, disseminated uh, throughout the course of that stream. Right. One would say um, that uh, daily MTG stream was legendary. Oh, bad. I know. Uh, one of the uh, cool things that had absolutely nothing to do with uh, Magic, but has something to do with Magic because of one of the sets coming out later this year, mm-hmm. is that they did announce um, a little bit further of a gameplay stuff for uh, D&D Dark Alliance. Yeah. Uh, that comes out on June 22nd. I'm pro- I'm going to see if I maybe will pick that up for the PS4, honestly. Yeah. I may not want to pick it up for the PC, PC, but I might pick it up for the PS4. I, I'll be honest. it looks like a lot of fun. It, it does. Like, um, this trailer came out, God, probably about a month or two ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was around the time that Caldheim uh, was being uh, previewed, and we had all the rock and metal and all that stuff. Right, right, right. right. And I'm like, and, and you watch the trailer, and it has that same feel. And I'm like, okay. So they're all on board with you know, uh, rocking out and, and not being so serious and, and just having fun. It's like like actual 80s hair rock, a hard rock. Right, whatever, right, 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 right. Cool, I get it, I dig it. Um, now, with uh, Dark Alliance, uh, you can play... Uh, you're pitting uh, Dredgestord and his legendary com- companions that uh, I'm sure Joe's mentioned many times. Uh, yeah. Caterbury, Brunar, uh, and Wolfgar against some of the most iconic monsters from the world of Dungeons & Dragons. So you're thinking... And actually, it- Liches, dragons, giants, yeah. beholders. It actually supposedly takes place uh, after the um, cri- after the Crystal Shard. Okay, uh, and before the fourth book in the Legend of Dritz series, which is the Legacy. So it's uh, it's sometime after the Icewind Dale trilogy. Okay. Is as, or rather, or rather, it's probably it's probably actually even sometime before Streams of Silver and the Halfling's Gem, mm-hmm. uh, simply because it only mentions, um, 
It only mentions uh, Cat, yeah, Caterbury, Bruner, and um, Wolfgar. Mm-hmm. There's no mention of Regis, uh, the halfling. So uh, it's quite possible as far as like timeline-wise, it probably takes place sometime in that realm of probably... I, so I would have to say it probably takes place during Streams of Silver where um, the, the group is headed to um, try and locate uh, the... Uh, to try and locate Mithril Hall. Okay. So it, there's probably... Based on that like that information, it's, I'm sure it's like somewhere in there. So Which is why it has just those four in it. Because... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, It'll be interesting it, to see. It's unfortunate we're getting shorted on halflings. But, you know, things happen. <laughs> um, well, it doesn't say, but like those are the characters you can play as. Right. You can't... You know, like, so if Regis is in the game, he's maybe not a playable character. Right. And, and so. while I appreciate all that information, and I'm sure it's super important... For people like us who are wanting to get into the uh, essentially the Vorthos of D anD D, I have a feeling with this game and how the trailer was presented, none of that's going to matter. This is your yeah. action smash buttons, kill yeah, stuff. It looks like an action based D anD D. Yeah, yeah, actual um. with action with capital action. Now, what'll be interesting is like say say you you want to get it for. Uh, uh, the PlayStation, PS4, right? Mm. And say, I'll get it for PC. Because I, I actually have been trying to find games on the PC to play that are not labeled World or Of or Warcraft. Um, right. And let's say I get it for PC and somebody else, one of your followers, gets it for Xbox. And we all play one of these characters, right? The right. fact that they can have three people on three different consoles co-op together and play together to defeat a monster if that's what is happening here that's kind of dope like yeah that to have technology work to that level to where three different players entering different ways into one game granted it's not like your traditional role-playing game where you can create and invest in uh your character and totally immerse in the world you're playing a known character cool whatever right right like Come on, you cannot tell me that no one out there has been like, huh, World of Warcraft, roll up a night elf uh, ranger and name him Dritzt and put in like an apostrophe somewhere so you don't get yeeted by uh, by Blizzard or something. Right, on, right. We've done it. So yeah. th- this will be dope. Um, It'll be neat. Um, yeah. I, I think I think what will help too is uh, from a story standpoint mm-hmm. – uh, R.A. Salvatore is is involved in it. Yeah. Uh, so um, I have a feeling that like just his sheer involvement mm-hmm. will probably help uh, some of the storyline stuff. Oh, uh, sure. Line, line up like I'm sure it'll make like lots of sense once you sit down to play it. And you'll be like, okay, this is when this takes place because R.A. is the you know <laughs> he is the master of Dritzt and. Uh, yeah, so and, that'll be... And I'm sure they, they consulted uh, Ed Greenwood as well. Uh, li- sure. Literally Lord A.O., Ed Greenwood himself. Wow. So. But, uh, so yeah, that they, they started with that because uh, they had one of the... They had uh, Greg... Greg uh, Tito, Tito, yeah. Of Dragon Talk on there. Yeah. And so that was kind of cool, um, kind of get his input on one of the sets we're going to talk about uh which is adventures in the forgotten realms yes, uh and so but the very first thing that we got is uh some information about both modern horizons 2 and adventures in the forgotten realms as far as um uh, 
uh, timeline stuff is concerned. Yep. Uh, so uh, a lot of the timeline stuff has been shifted back a whole week. Which makes uh, sense. Simply because of, yeah, COVID slash whatever not stuff. Right. But also because one of the things we're going to talk about uh, in regards to sanctioned in-store play. Uh, so uh, there's going to be a weekly MTG reveal on May the 20th for Modern Horizons 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, May the 24th is when previews begin in full. Uh, by June 2nd will be the full card of uh, 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 galleries from, from Modern Horizons 2. Yep. June 3rd, it will be on Magic Online. Huzzah! Uh, June 11th to 13th, they will have webcam pre-release play through Spelltable, uh, as well as 11th through 17th pre-release play, including in-store play, where available. Yeah. And June 18th is the worldwide release of the set. Uh, so... And there are, again, as stated, there are draft boosters, there are set boosters, there are collector's boosters right. uh, of this set. By the and, way, can we talk about the draft booster box, which ob- that mm, obviously has to be Dak and Blackblade. Yeah, it does, yeah. And that yeah, art has to be. is done by the man himself, Richard King Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And holy It's good. It's, it's good. It is so awesome. Yep. Yep, it's good. Uh, so, very first thing that we got uh, to, out of that is uh, the the fact that we knew this was coming already. Yeah. Uh, the Fetchlands being reprinted. Uh, the enemy uh, Fetchlands. Not the enemy Fetchlands. Not yeah, the, the line Fetchlands. Fetchlands. Somehow yeah. they are up up the butt of enemy colors lately. And yeah. I don't know when we're getting the allied Fetchlands. And what I have said once this was announced... I'm like, you have to print the Allied Fetchlands, because if not, they will get out of hand, and no one will be able to get them, so giving us half won't help people get game pieces. Guess yeah. what, folks? It's happened. Good yeah, luck trying to find to a up. even a cons version of a Flooded Strain or a Polluted Delta for a, quote, reasonable price. Right. I- I'm sure that they'll come soon. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, this is gonna be a big hit uh oh, and of sure. course because we have collector's boosters and we have booster fun stuff uh one of the things that we're there doing is we have extended art versions of these fetch lands we do however the the real kicker here is the fact that we have old bordered versions of these fetch lands yeah just like in <laughs> time spiral remaster yep, they're back yep. again surprise they, to no one it looks real good they do they do uh, I, they're oh. exciting uh, and then, of course, mm-hmm. uh, we do have a BioBox promo. Uh, that BioBox promo is one of the cards that's it, going to be added to Modern, but it is not in the set, just like how Flusterstorm. Right. And it is also an modern. old border. Yeah, but it is also an old border card. It is Sanctum Prelate. And it also has this uh, uh, this um, um, shooting star on here. So I think yep. this is a foil BioBox promo. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so ac- actual foil, not not Mystic Archive etched foil. This is actual yeah. foil. So, uh, and they also have said that um, there's going to be uh, 42 new to modern reprints from Magic's past, mm-hmm. and uh, those cards will also get this old border treatment. As well, there's gonna have well, there have cards, new cards in the set that will get old border treatment plus the the existing treatment, but there also have cards that will get um, the old border treatment that are old cards too. Uh, they're just gonna they're gonna go ham on this whole right, right. They're uh, they're 
now that now that we really know that the old border thing is like a thing right it's a hit people want it uh i'll be honest i i kind of paused a little bit and like "Mm, should i upgrade my scalding tarns and legacy (laughs) right and i'm like oh man the fact that you can old border all your fetches in like delver right now is like ridiculous like that's here here's the thing right and we'll like get, Delver, Delver's going to get to a point where you can old border practically the entire deck. Right, right. Like um, it's going to be. There's still some things, like you obviously you can't get Delvers. Right. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. yet. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for double faced old border cards. Um. Like oh my god. Yeah, they'll 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 find a way to do something because th- this sure. this is a a shtick. Um. So Mountain Man Magic, uh, was able to, um. Strike a deal with uh, Philip Straub, the artist of Scalding Tarn, uh, one one of the whales, uh, so to speak, in the artist community. People want their Scalding Tarn signed. It's hard to get him because he doesn't sign. Not right. And we're talking even outside of COVID. Uh, you know, right. he didn't go to events or travel. Right. Or, so, uh, so this is a, a big get. Right. Right. This was scheduled at the end of this month. But because of this announcement, has now been moved to July, oh, to, sure. to give people chance to get their hands probably on sixty ones. to eighty dollar old border scalding tarns. That's probably what they're going to be. Uh, I, they're going to be if, a lot if, more. If, than that, not, if not even more, yeah, they're um, going to be. They're, if any, if it, Time Spiral Remaster taught us anything, they're going to be a lot more. Right, than that. and that's actually part of the reason why I'm like, mm, I'm not going to do old border. I'm just going to do. The original yeah, printing and just stick with that and let all it's going to be do. real dependent on how much they're available but man just having seen the the way prices went on times for our mastered right for all border foils especially foils well yeah the foils are going to be ridiculous like but but like now granted like a lot of the old border cards weren't too bad um yeah. i did just uh pick up finally in the mail <laughs> uh after uh, cards that i bought way before uh we Strixhaven mm-hmm. was even um, available, like as far as like getting uh, uh, sp- spoiled and stuff. So I had bought um, off of uh, a friend of mine uh, who had purchased them for me off of MKM yeah. uh, some stuff for Modern Dredge uh, in German. Oh, yeah, and I had and it's a couple of those cards were like Merchant of the Veil. Well, Rip Merchant of the Veil. Thrilling Discovery. Yeah, th- thanks for Thrilling Discovery, right? <laughs> it has pretty much killed that card. Jeez. And so um, I'm like, oh, I've got three German Merchant of the Veil. Sweet. Like, but it just took so long for them to get here. Right, right, right. Um, you know, oh. but uh, I have old bordered uh, German prized amalgams. Nice. That are just, <laughs> they're, they're gorgeous looking. Oh, yeah. And the, and the old bordered uh, Nature's Claims, uh, uh, German Nature's Claims are also really good looking. And then, of course, like, not TSR, but just the fact that it's an old border card originally, I managed to get uh, as a throw-in in one of them, an old bordered onslaught copy of Forgotten Cave. Dope. Uh, in German, and it's really good looking. So, yeah. So, like, okay. so speaking of Time Spiral Remastered, rumor has it that uh, the cost, as far as the, the value of four foil uh, old border Thoughtseize is enough to where you could rent Elon Musk for a week. I don't know if that's true. That that's something <laughs> I've heard. They're they're pretty expensive. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah, the, these will definitely follow suit. Like, yeah. like 
Arid Mesa and Marsh Flats will probably be uh, in order uh, cheapest to second cheapest uh, right. of these. I mean, they'll still be expensive, but the others right. and Scalding Tarn will probably be number one, followed by oh, I would sure. think Misty Rainforest. Uh, Misty and Burden will probably fight back and forth for the number two slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, and even the non-foil versions of these will be yeah uh, of of the of the top of the the old border right specifically right. will we'll yeah. be you know pretty much whatever the price is now that's probably what they'll be right um, right right you know what's going to happen because we're essentially getting three sets of these we're getting the reprints extended yeah the the yeah the actual right. standard looking reprints right then the extended uh, frame and then the old border frame so there are going to be a lot out there so it yeah. should really impact Pro- the the probably, original pro- ones from Zendikar. It, it should help. It, it, well, and also that, like, these frame treatments that they do mm-hmm. are actually sort of a good thing because they give players a lot of options. Yes. Uh, and so by having a lot more options, uh, it tends to lower the price across the board uh, for a lot of things. Right. So you've got so many different special th- ways things can look that... You know, it, there's a whale version, you know, that looks good for people that have a lot of money, which is going to be these old bordered ones. Right. Especially in foil. Uh, but I'm sure that, like, the foil, like, extended arts are also going to look just as pretty. Oh, so. for sure. Like, and, yeah. yeah. So, and there's so, I don't know. There's so many different ways to play uh, as far as formats where these cards are legal that yeah. that's just enhancing the the options and desires to get the cards and, and things like that. Now, yeah. um, one of my gripes as of late, uh, here's Soapbox Moment number one. Um, it, uh, Grant, I've probably never been off my Soapbox. I hear people making that joke right now as we're recording. Um, <laughs> is that when people are going to be talking about this, they're going to be like, hey, look, affordable fetch lands. And they're going to show just whatever the price is for the standard reprint version. And I'm like, we need to look at what the price is for Zendikar, because if that drops, especially if there's a significant drop, and even cards like Arid Mesa, which is played in modern, uh, especially now Thrilling Discovery, like Arid Mesa has shown up in Dredge decks, um, yeah. you know, if that's going to help make even the original more affordable and more accessible as far as on the price level, that needs to be talked about. I see so many right. content creators out there, anytime there's a reprint, uh, like uh, Rings of Bright Hearth. They're like, look, it's affordable. No, you're showing the Commander Legends version, which is going to be the cheaper version, which duh, does make that affordable because it's the cheapest version. What about the Lorwyn price? How is that impacted? Because anytime you go to sell out, because we all know that eventually there's a time where, well, I even just talked about it. I got rid of two modern decks to get other things, right? Right. Um, when that happens, if you go to sell a bunch of reprints, you're going to feel like you just bought a game at GameStop and then walked out of the store and then went back a month later to try and get you know, get some type of money back. You're going to get very little back when you're selling reprints. Because right. guess what? They're not worth a lot compared to the original. The original holds their value. So that's why I keep telling people, get, get even if you're not foiling, get the original version if you can afford it. Because... Eventually, it will happen. It is inevitable like Thanos. You're like, you know what? I'm done playing this deck, or something happened in life, or maybe, hey, you're getting a house, congratulations. Uh, or you're getting a divorce, oh, oh, boo, you know, whatever happens, right? Life is going to happen. You're going to move on from a collectible. It's going to happen. Get 
the original one. Uh, if you want to get these to play with and keep the original to, you know, trade in, sell later, whatever you do. Just, you know, we need to stop with this, I don't want to say rhetoric because that's a bad thing, but just this this opinion of like, hey, they're affordable. No, the reprint is providing a piece that's affordable. It is not the same because it's not the original. So, mm. But anyway, uh, there, there's just more copies of that game piece and that function out there. Yes. It's just we, we we can say the things a better way and saying it better than I can. But Sanctum Prelate and Modern, whole oh, yeah, oh I know, right? God. Like, uh... especially right after. I mean, I'll be honest. I knew this was coming because I paid attention to the quote leaks. leaks. Um, yeah. I knew it was coming, um, and I'm like, I'm just gonna move on from Death and Taxes anyway. Um, right. And, and late with Death and Taxes and Legacy, there are certain. There's a certain list of cards you want for the deck. You want the deck to function a certain way. It does these things. Like uh, right. Skyclave Apparition getting into Legacy Death and Taxes from Zendikar Rising was a big deal. Still is a big deal. Card, yeah, card's, card's still really good. Really yeah. good. Any other card that's come before that up to, like, even just the last couple of years was hard to break in because the deck was already functioning with the pieces it had. Uh, Sanctum Prelate was originally from, I believe, uh, Conspiracy, Conspiracy 2. Conspiracy Take the Crown. Yeah, Conspiracy Take Crown, because uh, they forgot the the on the token. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, there yeah, were yeah. misprints in that, or mistypes, typos in that set. Anyway, uh, so Conspiracy 2 Electric Boogaloo gave us Sanctum Prelate. By the way, go check out the foil prices for Sanctum Prelate now, LOL. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like in modern... Like, you're running Lean and Arbiters, uh, Ghost Quarters, Field of Ruins, Stoneforge Mystics. Like, even uh, uh, Paulo's card is having a hard time breaking into that deck. I, I don't know if this will get in there. Like, I can. Uh, I, think this is, I think this is very good. Oh, it, it is very. It, people, it, people, it, people will definitely play this card. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> they, they, they can play. Like, here's the thing, all right? It's one white, white for a 2 2 creature human cleric. Creature human cleric. Get back to that number. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big thing, yes. Right. As Sanctum Prelate enters the battlefield, choose a number. So, unlike Chalice of the Void, you don't have to set your mana to the certain number. Non-creature spells with mana value equal to the chosen number can't be cast. So yep. it's not countered. So you could say four, I can't cast Supreme Verdict. Just right. Can't do it. Right. Um, so you have to get rid of this first and then wipe the board and good yep. luck from there. And you can't cast Jace. Right. Right. You can't cast Jace to bounce it. So you have to yeah. uh, luck out to Fairy. That's an extra turn. Can you live that long? Probably. But not. they also. But they can also play more than one of these. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and name and name important numbers like one. One is almost always like one of the more important numbers. Yeah. Because it hits a lot of the common removal. Yep. Uh, that are played in formats like you know in Legacy we talk about you know hitting source of plowshares, uh, is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one, but one also in that format also hits all of the cantrips right. that are played in that format, which is really important. Yep. Uh, ops, now serum it, visions, sleight of hand. But yeah, but yeah, modern. Yeah, you're hitting ops. You're hitting serum visions. Yeah. So it's a lot of those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, two or three is a little weird, but three can hit like Teferi, Time Raveler, uh, right. 
two can hit uh abrupt decay yep uh those kind of things four hits your supreme verdicts your jaces your you know yep. your any stupid you know amount of rafts that people might want to play that so uh yeah there's there's the card has a lot of options and i i don't know how many get see play in a deck like i i feel like death and taxes in modern is about to be restructured from the ground up could be yeah um that's possible however this is its first home for this is going to be humans yeah uh, yeah probably from the sideboard um i also believe uh this will work good with militia bugler yeah um let me... I think I think like even in like Death and Taxes, it's in Legacy. It's not really like I think they generally yeah they only like generally like like play like one or two yeah uh, like there's usually like one main deck one on the sideboard yeah power two or less so yeah uh, Militia Bugler can find this yes um, uh, now here's an odd question mm-hmm. uh, and just you know completely off the wall thing sure uh, what if one of the other cards we get in this set is recruiter of the guard yeah uh, and, like, if that's, recruiter of the guard gets in that's big you like I could see like there, there'd be no reason to run cat Jesus anymore really no no because um, you're going literally to, no. you're going heavier on the taxes type build yeah um that would make Elite Spellbinder a lot better. Yeah, yeah, you would have room for Elite Spellbinder. You yep. could still run like Ghost Quarter type stuff if you want to. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it would uh, go heavy in that. Or you could maybe run more of an Orzov in Taxes type build. Yeah. Uh, with um, Tide Hollow Scholar, uh, Wasteland Strangler, um, uh, the, the kind of couple with. Um, uh, elite spell guard and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I don't right. know. We'll we'll see what happens. It, it's it's super early. Like we have not even hit official previews yet. Yeah, um, there there could be more coming in this set. Right. However, that... because of the things that have been talked about in quote the leak and cards that have been revealed that were confirmed, prices for those other cards on the leak have already started going crazy. Yeah. Well, yep. foil. Foil prices, let me be yes. clear. Uh, however, uh, there is one card that is coming that is a reprint. Oh, yeah. Scott is super excited about, and that is we're going to get legit an official counterspell Like, I feel like Rocky run up the steps and fell Now, I will give them that extended, like, alt art borderless version is really pretty. Oh my god. So, Ryan, you did a really good job on that. So, I'm real, real thrilled with that. Counterspell. Two blue. Counter target <laughs> I don't even think we need, I don't even think we need to say, yeah, literally oh. everybody knows what that does on the can. Oh, what, like, what, like here, here's something else that I really like about this reprint. Like, I'm usually not one down for reprints, right? Look how clean this is. Yeah. Counter target oh, yeah. spell in the middle of the, of the text box. They're, that's what mine looks like. That's what my A25 one looks like. They're also doing the thing. I think it was, um, was it Magic 25? Where they, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, they're doing that, the, had the same the, thing the, the here. The watermark, yeah. Yeah, they're doing yep. the watermark. This was an alpha, so it's got an M as a watermark. So yep. any, that's, what my, that's what my one in the cube looks like. Okay. So yeah, yeah. any cards that are reprinted uh, from Legacy coming into Modern, 
uh, that are reprinted in the set, whatever the original set was, will have that set symbol as a watermark in the background, which is dope. Um, so uh, Zach Stella did the art here for Counterspell, and it's got uh, Jace, and there's all these yeah. like blue rays coming out around him or whatever. However, uh, I, I believe I believe it's understood to be Jace. I don't know because oh. it, it may be whoever the Blue Mage is in Magic Legends. Wait, Could be. remember that game? Didn't that game die like on release? I, I, I don't know if that if that is supposed to be or not. I don't know. Well, but uh, I, I, that, that's been the art, the default art for Counterspell for a couple different sets now. Right, right. So, yeah, since that art it. premiered, it, it's kind of been yeah, the default yeah, art. Yeah. However, we get to uh, the uh, alternate art. What uh, was there a name for this one? It's not like an extended border. It's an alternate art borderless card yeah it's yeah it's yeah. got like multiple names or whatever that looks like narset almost right uh the artist uh who's that again ryan ryan, ryan Yee. Yee. uh he said it uh it is not narset oh. however he drew inspiration from narset when making this card that i could see it and yeah, so i responded yeah, like i hope they do something with this character you've created right because it would be nice to have someone maybe narset's sister yeah. or maybe something i don't know something but yeah. uh it's got this female wizard floating off the ground in the background and this little starburst of mana countering a spell coming out from behind her sh- and shooting towards towards you as you're looking at it and spreading towards the end of the card it's mm. it's a it's a cool it's it's good art yeah it's um, it's so good so, however uh, as uh astute uh viewers of our audio-only podcast would know. Uh, I displayed uh, a playset of Mercating Mass Foil Counterspells on our last episode. I think it was our last one, if not as one for yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, I'm ready. My body is ready. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, the I, I went up to Epic Loot today, and Brandon Young and I think um, Spencer were like, huh, well, we know one person who's really happy right now. And <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, oh man, dude! Uh, like, uh, it's it's a uh, it's a card that's long overdue. I, I waited honestly. for this moment for two years. Like when I heard yeah. Modern Horizons was going to be a thing, I immediately bought a playset of foil counterspells yep. from Mercani Mask, and I let and it, them... didn't, it didn't happen then. Yeah, it didn't happen. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever, and I didn't think modern horizons 2 was coming out this year and when i started defoiling my edh decks i'm like ah, oh, take out my counter spells and i still got my play set maybe it'll, there'll be something then they announce modern horizons 2 i'm like all right i'm ready let's go and then yeah. here it is yeah and i'm like, like it's really oh. it's really long overdue it is and here's the thing right um uh saffron all posed this question uh like a month ago like if right. if it was going to be in the set like, how would that impact things? And I'm like, look. So you have all these blue base decks that are trying to be controlled. Like, currently Esper is trying to be king of control because uh, Fatal Push is dealing with a lot of these Blitz decks that are out there. Um, sure. Like, how's Fatal Push in your Tron matchup? Right? Like, right. Uh, it doesn't really handle Warm Coral Engine as cleanly as Path to Exile. Granted you're not losing the Wormcrawl engine in that matchup, you're losing to their Planeswalkers. Right. Uh, but the more colors you splash, the less room you have for counterspells. Or the, the more taxed your mana is for things like Archmage's Charm, for example. Right. Uh, so I'm like, 
when Counterspell comes back, the shift will go back to blue-white because they'll be able to handle the double blue cost in Counterspell a lot right. easier than your three color. Yeah, decks, any yeah. of your three colors. And there may be some like Demir uh, base decks that might splash a, a tinge of white for uh, Teferi, uh, but then use like Damnation as their sweeper instead of Supreme Verdict. Right. Because um, if they have Teferi Time Raveler out, their uh, uh, Damnation uh, essentially becomes an uncounterable wrath anyway. Right, right, right. Um, so there, there might be some that do that, uh, but yeah, again, when we're talking uh, a black board wipe that can't be pitched to Force Negation versus Supreme Verdict, that can't be pitched to Force Force Negation in the Tron matchup or any matchups where you don't need a sweeper, you know, Edge goes to uh, Azuri's control again. So I, I have a feeling that this will cement... Like, I, I don't think we'll... Well, we, we might see Stoneforge Mystic make somewhat of a return to be a little bit proactive. That's going to mm. take time to work itself out, because here's the thing, right? What was it? Uh, June 3rd, we're going to be able to play the Modern Horizons cards on Magic Online. So, if we're going to have probably about two to three weeks of a literal Wild Wild West. First, with Magic Online. And then yeah. probably the stores will probably start really ramping up their efforts to get people back in the store for play around then. Because uh, we'll have the uh, the pre-release events uh, in the middle of the month and all that stuff. So while I'm excited for it, at the same time I know damn well if I try and play a control deck during week one or even week two of yeah. being legal, I'm going to have a very difficult time because there will be decks left, right, and center. We wouldn't even see like the whole set yet. We could get cards like Careful Study, or um, some other card that you know causes a new archetype to appear, or who knows what. But once the dust is settled and we figure out what what tools we need, here's your control deck. Right, yeah. and Counterspell is going to be centered around that. I and again. What else comes in this set too? Right, I wouldn't throw away yeah. your mana leaks because maybe you you may need a a control deck that has multiple your spell snares and multiple two drops of counter spells. Like you, you may look at counter spell and be like, oh, I, I can counter the spell now. Or early on in the game, let me use this mana leak to right. counter their thing. You may also get to a point later on in the game where you go to use counterspell, they counter your counterspell in some fashion or play a follow-up spell. Like, the, they'll play a dummy spell to bait out your counterspell, play something else, but then we'll have enough to pay for mana leak. So, right. mana leak may still hold some value, so don't throw it away. Um, as people are wanting to do when, like, something better comes along. Right. But, man, oh, man, like, I haven't felt this good since I helped unban <laughs> Bloodbraid Elf. Yes? Uh... That's right, folks. I made a Christmas card and Christmas and around Christmas time of 2017, shipped it off to Watsy to get the elf off the shelf, and in February of 2018 they did. And now Jun players are like, we shouldn't play Bloodbraid Elf anymore. And I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> Sacrilege, blasphemy. Yes, but God. but yeah, no. So so that it, it's pretty hype. Um, however, there's a card you've been talking about a lot, Joe. That was also yeah. Revealed. Uh, so I, I will mention too, um, before we talk about this other card, cause, uh, it's worth talking about 
They had two other cards that they um, that they spoiled that are basically like callbacks to like old old magic cards. Oh, uh, so we got Brainstone and we got Diamond Line, which are basically a callback to Brainstorm and Lines on Diamond. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if either of these cards end up seeing play anywhere, but they're interesting enough to look at. Well, when uh, when you're done, I'm gonna get on my uh, soapbox again. No, Scott. Okay, seriously. Yeah. Why? Because uh, Loris of the Dream Den needs banned in Modern. Okay. Uh, these cards will be abused with Loris of the Dream Den. Now, granted, okay. granted, Diamond Lion has summoning sickness. I get that. Uh, I don't think that card's any good. Well, imagine that with Doubling Cube. I, I don't think that card's any good. I I get it. Like I and at, at you know also you're also you're talking about Doubling Cube, Scott. Well, legacy staple doubling uh, yeah cube. legacy staple doubling cube <laughs> um yeah no i'm talking we're having an honest discussion about doubling cube here scott I, I, in modern I, I get it but the real culprit here uh is uh brainstone uh mm. brainstone costs one uh, it's an artifact costs two and you uh ta- or sacrifice it tap and sack it you essentially get a brainstorm effect it's a brainstorm yeah now, with Loris, you can replay Brainstone from your graveyard and do it again. Uh, this artifact, unlike Diamond Line, is not impacted by summoning sickness. However, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's 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 playable. Maybe. However, tr- I think there's a card. Uh, is it called Training Grounds that reduces activated abilities by two? Uh, I don't think it reduces it less than one. By less than one, though. Okay. Still, there, yeah, there's going to be don't some. Think you can, there's going to be some way to. Uh, yeah, you to can't. Reduce. You can't reduce. You can't reduce it to zero. Okay, but there's still going to be some way to reduce its activation cost by one. Right. So, which is, I, 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 I don't see this being as bad. I will admit, especially I, considering that there's other stuff coming. So. Right. Right. When when I first saw it, I was super high on Ban Loris. Right now, I, I still kind of am. And I was even before Modern Horizons 2, let's be clear here. But yeah, yeah. I, I have come down from that in regards to these cards a little bit. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, but... I, I don't think Diamond Lion is... But the, these cards highlight... Any the, good. They, they highlight the danger of having Loris legal. Eventually, there will get to a point where it's like, okay, this interaction is just too damn good to not play. Like, beyond... It's going to be beyond Mishra's Bobble, Lords of the Dream, and good. Like I mean, not, not these cards, but whatever they decide to do in the future. I mean, is that is that is that bad? I, yes, because Loris is a mistake, like all the other companions. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, get, I get, get out of my that, Like, just, I get just, that. Like, do we have to change this podcast to uh, Lords of the of the Dream Den? Like, drop off yeah. the letter like we did Astrolabe? <laughs> no, no, um, no. Uh, but, but no, uh, it, it needs I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But anyways, the other card that uh, we did want to talk about a little bit is uh, Urza's Saga. This is sweet. Uh, so Urza's Saga, I, I give props to, um, it was uh, at Truly Alien, uh, it was Allison Steele, uh, one of her last cards that she really? uh, designed before leaving uh, oh. WotC. Uh, so, uh, one of her last designs. Okay. So I, I give her mad props for figuring out, first of all, that Urza's is a land type, and uh, that Saga 
is an enchantment type. And that literally, I believe that this card started as Enchantment Land Urza Saga, and they went from there. Yeah. Uh, this was a joke to have a card that as a name, as a that that has the same name as a set, because we have plenty of cards like that in Magic. Yep. Time Magic spiral. Uh, Future sight. Planar chaos. Yeah. yeah. Like there's tons of them, and so this was a joke to have Urza Saga mm-hmm. be a card. And what I like about this, what I, what I, the one thing I do like about this is the flavor aspect of. So for the those that aren't truly aware of the history, Urza Saga was supposed to be an enchantment set. Yes, it was supposed I, to be an enchantment set. I am so proud of you for mentioning that because I was <laughs> going to do it if you didn't. Yeah, like, yeah. So so Urza Saga uh, was supposed to be an enchantment set, and at some point they said, "This is about Urza. We need to make this like." the artifact set like it's got to have all the busted artifact goodness and stuff because that's what people expect out of urza it's known as an artifact set by players but if you look at the history it was really developed as enchantment set back to basics so so this is an enchantment land that cares about artifacts (laughs) so the flavor is spot on but this is the first time we've ever seen saga uh-huh. on another another card type it's amazing but especially as an enchant as a land so this as being a land this is a land drop mm-hmm. uh it, and so it, but being a saga when it comes into play it it triggers its chapter one ability and its chapter one ability is that it gains the ability to tap for, to tap to add colorless yep. that's it uh that ability does not go away uh for the duration of the that the saga is in play uh, it stays attached to the land until the end of the saga. Uh, the chapter two ability is that it gains the ability to tap two two generic tap, create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token. With this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. So it's the Karn sign of Urza slash Urza Lord High Artificer construct token. Right. So so to creates. go back to your previous point about chapter one, if right. you have a way to untap this. Uh, you can then tap it to add a colorless mana for something else, like um, for whatever the case may be. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that, that's why chapter one, and knowing that throughout the history of this being on the board, you can just tap it for a colorless mana. It's not just yes. only during chapter one. Yes. Uh, so, and then chapter three is you search your library for an artifact with mana cost. Mana cost, mm-hmm. very important to note. Zero or one, put it on the battlefield, then shuffle. Now, when Treat we say mage. mana cost, uh, we're talking about specifically the mana cost zero or one. So this cannot get artifact lands, right? Uh, because those do not have a mana cost. This also cannot get cards like Lotus Bloom, because it also does not have a mana cost. And from what I've read, that was intentional. Uh, that was intentionally designed to not be able to get cards like Lotus Bloom, uh, which is probably good because this card would be infinitely more playable. If it got mana value, what, zero or one? Okay, so yeah, it, it's actually kind of better than Trinket Mage in a way, because it puts it on the battlefield. But yeah, you can't get, like, yeah. Chalice of the Void or Engineer right. Explosives or Yes. Whatever. So, uh, I think the biggest thing about this card for me... Uh, so, my my the more I read this card, mm-hmm. uh, the more I'm not so hype about it in older formats. Yeah. Uh, uh, I do think this will be fine in modern, uh, and I think uh, decks like Lantern Control could have a chance to actually like reappear with this card. Uh, 
simply because uh, it gets relevant artifacts to play. N- not that I have not looked at Lanner Control deck uh, deck lists recently. No, I have not. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I have. But I, it, they yeah. they play a lot of one and zero drops. Right. You know, so I, I expect that there, it's probably reasonable that this gets back. This gets stuff that you want to get out of the deck. Right. At the cost of sacrificing a land. Your, your land of insight, your... Right. Uh, Pixis uh, of Pandemonium, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that there is a potential chance for it there. Uh, I'm not so sure about this card in Legacy. Uh, I've had multiple people come up and ask me about... Uh, either on Twitter or on Discord or wherever, and ask or on Facebook and ask about, hey, what do you think about this card in uh, a deck like Karn Echo, oh, which is a deck that I've been playing a lot of. Yeah. Uh, my my thoughts and feelings on that are going to be in the article this week, but I, I my big feeling on that is that these um, these decks like Bomberman and um, what you call it uh, Karn Echo and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I don't think that they can play this card as a four of. They may only play a one of of this card. Uh, those decks are functionally two to three color decks uh, because they're playing a lot of colorless, but they also are trying to resolve like four drops that are colored spells. Yeah, and sometimes uh, have like, like du- uh, double uh, pips in their color. Right, cards. right. Like in the case of Karnako, you have Urza, who's a two and a double blue. Right. And. Like the basically the 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 question comes down to what do you cut? Because if you're cutting into lands, you have to cut. You can't cut soul lands out no. of those decks. Oh my god! Anybody but, does like no stop. But you can't. But you can't cut basic lands either. Right. Like like especially like Carnaco. Carnaco plays you know like seven basic lands. Mm-hmm. It, it plays a total main total of uh, eleven blue land based sources 11 of the sources of the of the, uh, 11 of the lands are blue which is usually like seven island and four seed of the synod mm-hmm. uh so if i was actually going to cut anything out of the deck in order to play like a one of of this card which is reasonable one is maybe reasonable right uh for the effect i would probably cut a seed of the synod and not cut a basic island do, uh, does this effect help you though before chapter three? That's the thing. Like, it's all really gonna live or die on how good the construct ability is. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I, I'm gonna. I've wrote a lot. I've wrote a ton of words on this card so far. I'm probably gonna add more. Uh, wow. One of my buddies, um, Peter Vanderham, said he was testing it in Delver, uh, and he said it was actually really good in delver <laughs> so far and i'm like oh god how so, uh what, what you know, artifacts like, do they find right and that's what i'm well I, I wonder um like either bobbles or the fact that like you, the construct ability is just that good oh where you get like uh mistress bobble or whatever Right, right, but like also like maybe like the construct ability, like just being able to generate free creatures, uh, right. you know, is quite well not necessarily free, but like you can get two constructs out of this before it leaves the battlefield. Sure. Now uh, there is one thing of note here with that uh, that third chapter, uh, especially in sideboard games, you can go in your deck if you have it because. 
Yeah, let me start over. Sorry. When you construct a sideboard, more often not, especially when it comes down to having artifacts in your sideboard, more often not, those artifacts are going to be one, two of at the most. Um, some go to three, like Jun is trying to run three now spell bombs right now, but that's in mm -hmm. modern. That's a whole other story. Um, so one card we want to look out for is Pithing Needle. Yeah. Because you could uh, pop the third chapter, go get Pithing Needle, and say if Delver's on the play. So Karnekos probably hasn't gone off yet. Then you go get Pithing Needle and name a card. That, yeah, that. I feel like I feel like uh, so I don't actually play Pithing Needle in Karn. Sure. Uh, because uh, Chalice is a void. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, like a lot. Of, that's the other thing is like the major thing that you would want to get in Karn Echo, like just basically functionally blows down to Lion's Eye Diamond. Right. Uh, and that's why you play for Karn because you have a Lion's Eye Diamond in the sideboard. Right, absolutely. For Karn. So you have seven Lion's Eye Diamonds in the deck already, mm. essentially. Uh, like, you don't really need uh, an eighth. Mm. <laughs> and, I mean, it's fine. Like like I said, again, if you're playing it as a one-of, it's probably okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, for in sure. In that deck, like, it just occasionally does things. I know that as soon as I put it in as a one-of, I'm going to open hands with it where I wish it was an island. Yep. Uh, <laughs> like usually how that happens. Yeah. yeah, that like I that's my the bane of my existence with every type. Like, there's a reason why I dislike Dryad Arbor as a card mm -hmm. because uh, no matter what deck I put Dryad Arbor in, except for Elves, Elves is like the only deck where you can put Dryad Arbor. You can play Dryad Arbor on turn one and it feels fine. Uh, elves uh, and what Maverick and Loam decks? Like, yeah, but even like Maverick and Loam don't want to really have it in your hand. Oh yeah, yeah, no. So, you, know, you want to be able to be, like, uh, turn one Mox Diamond into, like, thing, into, like, Chalice or... Sure. You know, but Elves can be, like, turn one Dryad Arbor, go, and go turn two, kill you, like... Yeah. <laughs> you know, or some stupid thing like that. As you know, they're so. wanting to do, but... Right, yeah. right. So, uh, it's it's okay there, but every other deck I've ever played Dryad Arbor in, I've always been like, well, there it is in my opening hand, again uh oh joy lol yep so i have a feeling that every time i play this card it's gonna be like here's it in your opening hand right and it's not like it's not gonna be like here's it in your opening hand with a couple blue sources it's gonna be here's in your opening hand with like one other blue source and an urza right you know and you're just gonna be like really so i i don't know uh we'll see how it goes uh i'm i'm sure that the card's good Let's just put it oh, back. Oh, yeah, because the card I mean, is good. That, that ability it, gets around Chalice's Void on one or zero. So, right. you know, maybe they go get a Tormont's Crypt put into play. So when right. your Echo of Eons is in the yard at the right moment, they pop your graveyard. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that I think the thing about it is, is like it, it's it is a little slow. Sure. Uh, that whole turn cycle. You have to wait three turns for this to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, but. Like, it's still, like, pretty good. Like, if your opponent can't deal with it, then it's pretty good. But yeah. uh, I think in Vintage, uh, I think there's a possibility that the card's good. But, I, again, I don't think it's a four of good. Unless you're building around it, and then maybe it's fine. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like, if there's if there, if there's a deck out there for this card, it's maybe not an existing deck. It's maybe more of a deck that, like, seeks to, like, play to the deck strength, this card's strengths mm -hmm. of having, like, the, the construct ability and the tutor effect. But it's, I don't know. I, it's a super weird card to evaluate 
Uh, and I think you really just, it's just going to really take people really cracking into it and testing it yep. to really determine if this card is super good. Because I feel like that's the that's there's no middle ground. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, right, either, right, right. it's yeah. either super duper busted insane yep. or it's barely playable. Right. Or, like, or it goes into commander. Right. Right. Or yeah, it's, it's definitely good in commander. I yeah. will say that. Like we're not we're, There's no like uh, uh, misunderstanding that this is good in commander. Like th- this card just basically gets soul ring all the time. Like, yeah, uh, soul know. ring, skull clamp, box opal. But my thing about it in, in vintage is like the top two most played lands in vintage right now mm-hmm. are strip mine and wasteland. Yeah, those are the top two most played lands. Wait, wait, in wait. the entire format. Wait, wait, wait. Is Tarmogoyf, is Tarmogoyf still good in vintage? Yes. <laughs> Tar- Tarmogoyf is still so, good in Vintage. So people are going to play Tarmogoyf and then strip mine this, and the enchantment adds to Goyf's power and toughness. Yeah, <laughs> Tarmogoyf <laughs> is currently the sixth most played card in uh, Creature oh in Vintage. Oh my god. So, um, what but, about... Well, in Legacy, what about Enchantress or 12 Post? So the problem about Enchantress is that it, it doesn't trigger off... It doesn't trigger the Enchantress. Uh, oh right, because yeah, cast not coming. To yeah, play. Okay. yeah, yeah. It comes out. Yeah. Um, so I don't think this card is any good in Enchantress. Post is weird because they only pl- now the mono green versions of Post mm-hmm. play literally eight copies of cards that it can get. Uh, like it, basically they play, um, they play four Expedition Map and four Pithing Needle. Okay, main deck, and that's it. Like that's it. They don't play Candelabra. They don't need to. They have got they've got Primeval Titan. They, and, oh yeah, you know, and crap like that. Like it's it's they've got Once Upon a Time now, and they've got you know, uh, Candelabra is nowhere near as good as just casting Once Upon a Time. Like it's the increased consistency of Once Upon a Time is just insane. Uh, so it's that, and it's uh, also yeah, you've got cards like uh, Elvish Reclaimer and. Um, Primeval Titan mm-hmm. and stupid crap like that. And oh, yeah. I, I was reclaimer getting this to yeah. play. That that'll be weird. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. But so I don't know. It, there's there's certainly somewhere for this card, whether it's you know a normal deck or if it's a deck built around it. But again, like in vintage, my consideration is that. It's not just the fact that Wasteland and Stripmine are very heavily played. It's that, oh, you know, um, you know, I played this card. It's a land, and I it has an ability to tap for mana. My opponent just played a Collector Oof and Wastelanded my Ancient Tomb. Right. Uh, now I don't have the ability to tap this card during the second chapter to make a Construct. Maybe they don't have the mana at that point. Oh, I just strip mine myself in this game. Whoops! By the fact that I won't be able to use this card's ability mm-hmm. at all. Now I'm in a position where, on the third chapter, sure I get to go get an artifact or something like that. But now I lose this mana, and what is the artifact I'm most likely going to get under a t- collector roof or something like that? Like uh, a collector roof is the fifth most played card in creature in vintage right now. Hmm. Uh, you know, you want to take a guess what the first most played creature in vintage is actually right now? Uh, Wingmare? No, uh, Lodestone Goal. Oh, uh, that okay. Yeah, in twenty-two percent of decks. 
So interesting. So twenty two percent of the form the format is shops right now, basically. Is that a good thing? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Like the deck is the deck is playable, but not like insane. Uh, because the number two played card advantage right now is Deathrite Shaman. <laughs> because of the bug and how good bug is. Because reasons. Because Tarmogoyf is a good magic card in yeah. vintage. But, so, look, if you want to play Tarmogoyf, friends, go play vintage. You can play Tarmogoyf all day long. You, you, can, you can play him in modern, too. You can play him in John. It's but fine. You can, but you can play it in vintage all day long. Oh, well, sure. Um yeah. I actually haven't looked at a, a 12 post deck in a while, and I'm going over this briefly, and I'm just, I'm like, wow, this is just like. The decks changed, that decks have, those decks have changed a lot, yeah. Yeah. They've received a lot of cards, like, Elvish Reclaimer, honestly, was like one of the biggest uh, cards for mm-hmm. land-centric decks to ever get. Uh, and then, like, Golos. Uh, yeah. Tireless Pilgrim is also like another card that's like just absolutely insane for those pies. And the World Tree. Yeah. Uh, now I have a feeling that this could be like the reason why we end up seeing it in vintage in certain decks is that they could easily play this this uh, card as a one of mm-hmm. in those decks because of the decks that that play Golos. Uh, so you play Golos, you go get um, Urza Saga. It right. you know gets it comes into play tap, but it gets the you know the, the ability, and then you get to make a construct next turn, and that's pretty good. I will say that. Okay, having so, it at, having it as a Golos target. So, can we uh, create an un card of Golos? Where it says, uh, go get booster box of magic set and put into play. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no. Because I, I just, I, I can't wait for someone to do, like, a cold open to a show. Yeah. Um, we, we don't do that, even though uh, you're all watching us at home. Um, for this audio-only podcast. Um, but <laughs> someone do a cold open of a show. All right, cool. I play Golos. Uh, I'm going to go get Urza Saga. Be right. right back. And they leave the table <laughs> and come back and put a box of Urza Saga on the table. Right. Like, um, the Professor and uh, Pleasant Kenobi do a uh, a show called Dice Removal. I could totally see them doing a skit like that. That would be kind of Yeah. Funny. So, yeah. Um, I, I think, I, like I said, again, I think this card is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I really I, like the design. I really like the fact, like... When it comes down to Modern Horizons and, and them wanting to do new cards and inject into non-standard formats trying really new stuff yeah is very this interesting is cool. yeah this is an it's a neat design uh i will mention one thing uh scott and i were talking before the on the pre-show about this uh there's a really really wildly unique uh interaction with the card blood moon oh my god uh so if people don't know what that does is um so blood moon makes everything a mountain uh but blood moon only overwrites um land types uh, so this becomes like an enchantment land mountain saga uh, is basically what it becomes. From it the loses mountains. the earth. Uh, however, uh, the saga rules have some weird baggage uh, behind them. You uh, don't say. And, it, and it's a really interesting set of rules. Uh, and one of those rules is um, rule 714.2D uh, that says 
A saga's final chapter number is the greatest value among chapter abilities it has. If a saga somehow has no chapter abilities, its final chapter number is zero. And that's really important because there is rule 714.4 that says if the number of lore counters on a saga permanent is greater than or equal to its final chapter number, and it isn't the source of a chapter ability that is triggered but not yet left the stack, that saga's controller sacrifices it. This is a state-based action that doesn't use the stack. So... Uh, basically what happens is if your opponent plays a Blood Moon and you have an Urza Saga into play, it loses all of the chapter abilities that it has, and then you immediately have to sacrifice it because its final chapter number is zero, and it has counters on it greater than or equal to the final chapter number. Furthermore, if your opponent has a Blood Moon in play and you just play an Urza Saga, you have to sacrifice it. <laughs> you do not pass go. You do not collect two hundred dollars. You do not get a land that is a mountain. It literally just dies. That's right. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, Blood what Moon a is wild, still wild, what a wild and interesting, uh, you know, thing to actually happen. And uh, I, I say this because um, I reached out to, um. Uh, Jess Dunks, who is the new uh, lore, uh, not the new, but the new um, rules manager for MTG. Uh, and they came back and said, yeah, you're right. This is how it works. When it becomes a mountain, it loses all of its abilities, makes its final chapter number zero, and then since it's still a saga, the, the SPA kicks in and it and it goes away. And I'm just like, holy cow. <laughs> what a neat idea. Like, so cool. So... Uh, but, but well, well done. It's a sweet card. Uh, well, guess what? This is also a rare. Yes. Now, there is also an alternate art version of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we do have to touch on that, too. Yeah, that is a sketched version of the card. Like, they took, like, the, the pre-finished art sketch mm-hmm. or whatnot and used it as the art. And it's kind of got, like, a sketch kind of looking border and... Uh, so that's kind of neat. And even the mana symbols got kind of like a sketched aspect to yeah. it. Yeah. So it's, it's got almost the... like they just like drew on the card. Yeah. It's so... got a, a, like a sketch by the artist, but then like all these things around it, like they're brainstorming ideas right. of what to do with the card or how to design it. So Right. So yeah, that's neat. Yep. Uh, but uh, so that's all we know about Modern Horizons 2 so far. Uh, yeah. Other than the fact that we are going to have, like I said, all of the the um, collector's boosters treatment. Uh, so there's some interesting stuff there. Uh, looks like we're going to get some squirrels based on the uh, set booster box. Yeah, yeah. there's some art on here that, um, you know, it looks like Deck and Blackblade yes. is coming to uh, Modern Horizon, or coming to Modern or maybe some equivalent thereof. Like, that's just a vibe I get off that. But yeah, yeah, the squirrel is on the uh, the uh, set booster box. And then there's this but, weird thing. Yeah, and what I've... What people looks have like said... an angry chicken. So what people have said on the collector boosters box is that there is a character out of the comic books... Uh, that might show up that is an older Planeswalker. Is this the um, one that has the super long name that begins with A? Uh, no, it's uh, Gedron Dihada. Okay. Bless who you. Is, 
who is the uh if we get Dakin, this sure. is a character that's associated with Dakin. Okay, makes sense. So then. that yeah, so that's uh, um and honestly, we're not getting we're not gonna get straight Dakin Blackblade. Yeah, in, I don't I modern. don't think we are. Yeah. No, we're gonna get Planeswalker Dakin Blackblade. Wow. Wow. Yes. Joe with the call right there. Because we don't because, have a Rick's Planeswalker, so here be, we go. Because Dakin was a planeswalker. Yep. He was not a creature. Well, the the version that you see of him oh, in wait. Legends. I'm is, sorry, I, I forgot about Nicol Bolas. Yeah. My bad. Uh, who? Uh, uh, right. <laughs> uh, but the version that of him that exists in Legends was, you know, the uh, version of him before he became a planeswalker, essentially. Uh, okay. But he was made a planeswalker. Uh, so. Uh, it's interesting, but I have a feeling we'll see he will be one of the Planeswalkers if in this I, set. If I remember right, back in the day, uh, in, in the before times, in the old border times, I believe the uh, the original idea of the Legends were that they were creatures that could travel the planes, maybe not necessarily Planeswalkers, or were Planeswalkers. Right. Um, like, that, like, that was the uh, whole also idea behind the creation of uh, Elder Dragon Highlander. Was your this is the character you're playing in this case, uh, Nickel Bulls from Legends or Who? whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or Arcady Sabath or whatever, right? Right, right. And uh, you know you're playing as that character, and these are the spells that you have as this character, and. It matches the colors and all that stuff. That, from what I understand, I, I, I believe that was the original premise behind those cards, uh, is to kind of help you immerse into the game. Yeah. Uh, and become but, uh, that, quote, planeswalker by being this legendary creature. They had a lot of uh, callbacks to, like, older stuff mm-hmm. in Modern Horizons. They did. So, uh, and we got to see old planeswalkers, like, um, you know Sarah and stuff in that set, so it would yep. not surprise me to get some older Planeswalkers uh, in this set. So true. Uh, so I'm guessing that's what we're gonna see. So true. Uh, but uh, we also uh, so moving on from Modern Horizons two, uh, we also got some information on a, the Dungeons and Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms set, oh uh, and that. Previews for that begin on June 29th, uh, and that will be available on MTG Arena and Magic Online on July 8th. Right. Uh, July 16th through the 18th, they're going to have webcam pre-release play through spell table. Mm-hmm. July 16th to 22nd, uh, pre-release week, including in-store play where available, and the worldwide release on July 23rd. Uh, one of the first things that they gave us on the stream was the flavor text basics. Uh, yeah, so which basic is cool. lands all have flavor text on them mm-hmm. and they're all flavor text that kind of like have that like second person perspective of a dungeon master explaining something to a player right so for example uh the swamp which i thought was really interesting was a really cool flavor text is uh shows like kind of like what looks like an underdark you know setting relic or some sort and uh it says you expected to meet hostile drow in this ancient ruin but they fled long ago. What darkness could have driven them out? And it's 
Yep. It sounds so cool. Like, you know, and the, the, the swamp. These. Yeah, it has this like boggy, you're underneath something. This there's yes. this mist above the uh, above the ground and water. So right. yeah, like um, the, the island is like the the island is like the maelstrom. Yep. Uh like I I I really want to say that the plains looks like Anorak. That's what I was uh, thinking too. Quite possibly the the the, the Anorak Desert, like, right? Or or you're underneath uh, the the Anorak Desert, perhaps. Yeah, because he, yeah, these yeah. these caverns uh, here look like uh, they were big enough for the 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 Faerim to kind of carve out. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. So, and it even mentions like it says, uh, you know, venturing beneath the desert sands, you've discovered an alien power pulsing with inconceivable energy. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, so this this set is just dripping with the flavor of not only D and D already, but we've already established that it's really dripping with the flavor of Faerun. Uh, yes. This is what we expected. We expected a set oh. that was going to give us that D and D feel, but it, we but we also expected the set that was going to give us that Forgotten Realms Faerun flavor. Well, well, look, uh, and we get that the, right look, off the bat. Look at the forest. Is that the title? The, is that yeah. Silvery Moon? Yeah, right there in the forest. Could be. Yeah. But uh, the the um, the key art for the set oh my God. is Dritz Stewarden and Guinevar uh-huh. facing down a, a dragon and charging into battle, and it's just man, like done so by good. none other than Magali. Yep, yep, very uh, good. And she has uh, she has prints of some... this already available. Oh man, that's oh sick. Uh, we got some cards already. Uh, oh oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's course, talk about the cards. I'm just oogling. Yeah, let's talk art. about cards. Yeah, so we got some cards, uh, and we're getting some cards that are uh, basically they're gonna pack in spells. They're gonna mm-hmm. pack in uh, magic items as cards. They're gonna pack in. Uh, you know, we got halfling as a creature type. Yeah. Yeah, halfling, uh, halfling, halfling citizen. Yep, citizen there, is a creature type. There, there's an NPC uh, that's on a card. Yeah, there's an NPC. Yep, we have prosperous innkeeper, which is one in a green for a one-one halfling citizen. When it enters the battlefield, you create a treasure token, and whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. So it's a it's a soul warden effect in green that makes a treasure. And, and again, like, the, for, for those who do not play D anD D, this is an innkeeper. Creature enters the right. battlefield. You're gaining a life. When you go to the end, you're going there to rest and recoup, and gain right. your hit points back. But oh my god, the flavor! Oh, uh, we also got uh, power word kill. Yes, uh, which is it's it's I believe. Hold, uh, on. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me look it up. Where is it? Here it is. No. Dungeon Master always has his player's handbook ready. <laughs> so, so Power Word Kill is an instant. One in a black. Destroy target non-angel, non-demon, non-devil, non-dragon creature. Uh, yeah. Which is pretty pretty cool. Power Word Kill. Ninth level enchantment. Casting time. One action. This is 5th edition, by the way. I can get 3rd edition if you want. Um, right. Range sixty feet, which is probably safe distancing uh, under a pandemic. Components only verbal, so there's no material component with this. 
duration right. instantaneous, so you don't need to uh, wait your turn as you cast a spell. You utter a word of power that can compel one creature you can see within range to die instantly. Yeah. If the creature you choose has 100 hit points or fewer, it dies. Otherwise, the spell has no effect. Ninth level. So, uh, so a ninth level spell in D&D translated to magic it just costs two mana. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure, Jan. I mean... Like, <laughs> uh, all right. So, serious question, though, Joe. Huh. Besides the tokens made from miracles, how many targets uh, will be valid for this to hit in Legacy? Uh, there's quite a few. Uh, but I don't think this still sees any play better than uh, cards like uh, Eliminate. Sure. Uh, that sort of thing. Like, yeah, Eliminate does have to deal with all the War of Sparkling Yes, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I have a feeling the other card that we're going to talk about here uh, <laughs> is more than likely um, going to be uh, big, and that is Portable Hole. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a one white. This is white. It just costs white. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an artifact, uh, and that's important. I'm going to say that right now. The fact that it's an artifact uh-huh. is very important. Did, did we did we not just mention a, a card that allows us to put an artifact that costs one mana into play? I, I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen to the podcast to uh, see if we talked about a card that allows us to uh, take an artifact that costs at least one mana and put it just directly into play. Right. Not, not not sure. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Versus Saga. Right. Anyway. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, the biggest thing about this card is that it's an artifact. Uh, and it is, uh, when it enters the battlefield, you exile target non-land permanent. An opponent controls with mana value two or less until portable hole leaves the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like this card a lot. Uh, I think the biggest thing uh, is that uh, it is an artifact so that Karn can wish for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that aspect quite a bit. Um, the fact that it costs white instead of... So the other card, the card to compare this to is there's another card that kind of does similar kind of thing, and that's Glass Casket. Yeah. Uh, which is one in a white, but it's also an artifact. And, but it only exiles creatures with mana value three or, with mana value three or less. So for one more mana, you get a, a a higher you know mana value CMC, but you can only hit creatures. Right. This can hit any non-land permanent. Uh, so uh, the joke came up of uh, the flavor of stuffing merit Lage into a into a portable hole. Is <laughs> <laughs> something that is very realistic. Yep. So that that's pretty good. Um, uh, but uh, the fact that it hits any. Uh, uh, you know any non well any uh, non land permanent is like really super good. Like you know this thing hits Sylvan Library. This hits oh, yeah. Chalice of the Void. It hits you know all sorts of stuff. Well, I wonder. So, um, I I wonder if uh, Tron and Modern will become green white, so it can perhaps play this and maybe some deafening sciences from the board. Because uh, with this, you could, like, if Stony Silence becomes a thing, 
you can just play this on their Stony Silence and you're good to go for your artifacts. Um, same with, uh, you know, some of the other problematic things that Tron can come up against, uh, like um, Eidolon the Great Rebel or uh, Jun's creature base. Um, yeah, yeah, this takes care of Kroxa because Kroxa costs two mana. So if it hits the board, cool, uh, portable hole it. Uh, which is kind of funny because one of the things that sometimes Dungeon Masters um, groan against is right. when the party takes a portable hole and puts a living creature, even if it's a monster, in the portable hole, then suddenly the paladin in the party is like, huh, uh, we just deprived a living being of oxygen. Um, like, what are the ramifications of that? You know, so it, it kind of, again, exudes those same things that we encounter when playing Dungeons & Dragons right here in Magic. So, man. Right, yeah. God, the card's so good. It's it's very, very good. I'm, what, I'm excited. One to, white to... mana. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dam- Damping Sphere. That's another card yeah. that Tron has problems with. So it's like, yeah, that's yeah. gone. Oh. Man. And it's uncommon. Right. So it's going to be super affordable. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty good. Uh, holy uh, smokes. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but they did show one other card, and hey, guess what? We oh, called wait, one of wait, these Wait, 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 wait. Before we get to that, I, I know we want to talk about that. Something I caught on Power Word Kill. Well, uh, there, there's some flavor text on the cards here as well. Yeah. Um, like, well, like on Portable Hole, it says they fall for it every time. <laughs> you know, this kind of funny. Uh, but on Power Word Kill, it mentions a name. Aramel. Yeah, yeah. Now, for those not in the know... Back in the day, when Wizards of the Coast properly bought uh, Dungeons & Dragons from TSR, not Time Spiral Remastered, but TSR Inc., the company that uh, created Dungeons & Dragons, uh, when they released 3rd Edition, one of the ways to try and get players in, especially new players, is to provide NPCs that you can just play. Think of them as, like, proxy characters, in a way. Like, you don't right. have to do any of the creation or... Rolling numbers to set your stats where all of it's made for you. You're just using it to essentially test playing Dungeons & Dragons to see if you like it. One of, uh, when they released their miniatures line, uh, starting with Harbinger, uh, there was a male elf wizard uh, miniature. And uh, they had miniatures for their, their named NPCs, their test characters, if you will. Uh, their uh Pre-generated characters, uh, so to say it, I guess, correctly. One of them was Aramil. I right. believe it was an uncommon set. So the fact that there's this name on here calling all the way back to a, uh, a miniatures line and an edition like 20 years ago. I saw that and I'm like, oh, holy shit. Like, you know, that was right. kind of awesome. But, like, the, the big card that Joe and I have been talking about literally for days... Oh, yeah. So we called so we called gods. We did. And it's set and we got rewarded with that because there is at least one god so far, oh uh, god. which means there's got to be at least more than one. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, we got Tiamat. Yeah. Uh, and it and... just it just says Tiamat. That's just the name. No. Right. Tiamat the Merciless. No, no, no Tiamat Mother of Dragons, which she is. But there, there's no it just says 
Tiamat. Right. Uh, just so clean. Just, mm. There's probably a reason why they couldn't put any other names on there. Why would that be, Joe? Uh... I don't. I don't know. I guess they could have put because she costs two in a Wooburg. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's yeah. not enough space left really to put any other words. Right. Yeah. That's that's quite possibly it. Um. But yeah. Uh. So yeah, it's two in a Wooburg. Uh. Legendary creature, dragon god. Uh. When Tiamat enters the battlefield, if you cast it, it's a keyword. If you cast it, mm-hmm. um. Search your library for up to five dragon cards not named Tiamat that each have different names. Reveal them and put them into your hand. Then shuffle. Uh, she is a 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, and the flavor text, my children will rule over all. Uh, so. Uh, a, a, a initial art by uh, Chris Ron. Uh, famous for cards such as uh, uh, Sword of uh, Fire and Ice, for example. Um, but... Uh, just looking at the card, the first thing I noticed are the worshippers slash cultists in right. the foreground. They're in the foreground. That that's how giant Tiamat is. Now, for those unfamiliar with the character, Tiamat uh, is the neutral evil goddess of the chromatic dragons, uh, the ones um, black, green, red, blue, and white. Right. Um, now, uh, this character has also been represented in the Dungeon Dragons cartoon, uh, which was on CBS of all networks back in 1983, I believe it was. Good, good cartoon, still uh, classic and beloved to this day. Um, but yeah, just awesome. When when Fifth Edition came out, one of the first uh, pre-published adventures was a two-part book, uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen, followed by Rise of Tiamat. Where your party has to prevent uh, the, uh, I believe it's the call of the dragon that we're doing it, uh, right. trying to prevent Tiamat from uh, leaving Avernus and coming to the Prime Material Plane. Uh, that way she can try and uh, have her influence exuberate all over Faerun. Um But yeah, oh my god! Like, and there and there's an alt borderless art. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, by none other than Dungeons and Dragons uh, Player's Handbook and Descent to Avernus artist Tyler Jacobson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so uh, I knew that they were going to lean on having some of the um, you know D and D artists involved in which this is, for which sure, is which is good. Awesome. Good. Uh, we also got kind of a. A sneak preview uh, of one of the showcase frames for for this set. Uh, we didn't get the full like text or anything like this card, uh, but we got the name of it. It's called Baleful Beholder, mm-hmm. and uh, this is a uh, what they're calling the rule book frame treatment that kind of is supposed to make it look like it's pulled right out of the monster manual. And we talked so about good. so we talked about before. Uh, we were joking about how whether or not the set would have a monster manual, like kind of like the mystical archives, and they had already kind of quashed that idea. Yeah, that there would be not like a mystical archive thing with you know older creatures or whatnot brought forward, you know, like a monster manual thing. But they did do a monster manual like thing with this, right? Uh, so 
they sort of did it, but they sort of didn't do it. So I'm calling that like a half a shot for us. <laughs> I, I'll call it a full shot. Like yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm not worried about how they call it. Like I, I think it's a half shot. Like yeah. we said, we said it would be like Mystical Archive. This is more like a, a showcase. Yeah. Uh, treat, but, treatment. But, but still, man, just having uh, having these cards. Like the, uh, here's the thing. Like. Good luck them trying to find ways to reprint this set. Yeah, that's that's the hard thing. Yes, like um, I'm, I, we we've looked at out of the cards we've looked at, only five will be reprinted. Those are the basic uh, basic lands. Yeah, <laughs> everything else has now. Granted, the card like Portable Hole that seems yeah. like a generic name, Prosperous Innkeeper. Yeah, um, you know. Yeah, those those have names that are fairly easy to like right. kind of figure out. Um, Even Power Word Kill to an extent, but I I, I think they would shy away from from something yeah, like that. that seems but like, too but like specific. Tiamat, yeah, that's yeah. going to be hard. Yeah, to or do. Or even now, Baleful Beholder, like right. Yeah. Uh, so we did get a look at the uh the packaging. Uh, so oh. we get the packaging. It's got you know the draft boosters with you know Dritzed. Uh, we've got. Uh, the Beholder Eye Tyrant Xanathar. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's definitely on... Xanathar with that grin. Yeah. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, yeah. No, they confirmed. Yeah, the person, okay. the, the actually one of the, the artists for it was on Twitter talking about what they were trying to achieve with like the scene because it's basically a bunch, a group of adventurers uh, fighting Xanathar. Nice. Good uh, luck, those adventurers. Uh, right? They're, they're yeah. Right. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we get to see on like one of the packs, there's a blue dragon. Uh, there's a there's a mind flayer. Uh, there's. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure what that first one's supposed to be, but it it looks. Uh, I don't it, know. It it it's probably some type of generic paladin. Yeah, maybe. or or maybe even a monk because there's you know this yeah. like, flowing like stuff. Uh, the collector's boosters all have beholders on them. Yeah, uh, which are really sick looking. Uh, there is going to be commander decks. There are. This. Yes, there is um, uh, a four commander decks, uh, mm-hmm. and they gave us the names of those commander decks, and they are Aura of Courage, uh, Dungeons of Death, Draconic Rage, and Planar Portal. Um, we also did get the Biobox promotional card, right for uh, Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, which is the Vorpal Sword. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the Vorpal Sword is. Uh, Vorpal Sword is a, a very powerful uh, enchantment in uh, the D&D uh, universe. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's also a, a double meta reference uh, because the D&D uh, original re- reason that they put Vorpal Swords into D&D actually had to do with the um, it being originally mentioned in um, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, with uh the Jabberwocky, um, the Jabberwocky was killed with the vo- with the Vorpal Sword. Uh, so it's kind of like a double reference. Nice. Uh, so it double references D and D, but it also references the the Jabberwocky and stuff like that. So it is a black equipment for a one for just literally a black. Uh, so that's kind of this that this is dumb. This is actually kind of dumb. So equip creature gets plus two plus zero oh, and has Death Touch. Right, right there. Uh, that's already good enough. Yeah, right? this is already good enough. It quits for double black. Mm-hmm. Uh, five generic black, black, black 
Uh, until end of turn, four pull sword gains whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to the player, that player loses the game. So eight mana to activate the second ability. However, this card is going to be playable in Historic mm-hmm. uh, right off the bat. Uh, because somebody mentioned a card that I, I, when I started thinking about it, I was like, oh yeah, right, I forgot this card exists. Uh, well, I didn't forget the card exists, I try to scrub it out of my mind every time I play against the deck on Historic. Uh, and that is, uh, the Sacrifice deck, uh, and Mayhem Devil. Uh, equip this to Mayhem Devil. Uh, oh. <laughs> because oh, it gives so it death touch. We we suddenly have um uh what was that? That spike collar from World War Basilisk collar, yeah. Yeah, we, we have Basilisk collar back. Thanks, Watsy. Right, yeah. Dude, you're just gonna put people are just gonna play this by putting putting it on their mayhem devil. Yeah, mayhem devil's not long for historic. Yeah, and point. sacrificing it and then uh, you know, pinking your creature that, you know, may be bigger than an X one, but it still dies because Death Touch. Yeah. Right. So cool. Thanks. Yeah. Uh the art for the Vorpal Sword though is really cool though. Um Absolutely. I, yeah, it's really good looking art. So Yeah, uh, there's uh a the... borderless treatment and the the via box. Right. Which is the alt art and it's foil. So yeah. uh it's so great. Now yeah. I, I do want to go back to the commander decks. War of Courage, Dungeons of Death, Draconic Rage, and Planar Portal. Yes. Now, this is where I got disappointed. None of those tell me that Bane is involved anywhere. Yeah, Scott. Maybe Dungeons of Death, but that that doesn't really quite seem like it. Uh. Now, I will admit, War of Courage gives me hope for a Bahamut to go yeah. against Tiamat, yeah. and if they do it, I think Bahamut would be a colorless dragon, yeah. but have Wooburg as an activation cost somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Because for those, again, not in the know, Bahamut is the uh, lawful good god of the metallic dragons, uh, which are essentially metallic versions of the five colors. Um, You got your... Copper, gold, yeah, well, yeah. not really the five colors, but you got copper, gold, brass, um, bronze, and silver. Yeah, God, I remembered it. Ugh, nailed it. Dab. Um, so, so yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like. I I'm still interested. I want to see what they do. Uh, I I'm, I may just get those and play them out of the box as they are. So I I don't know. Yeah, they I, they, they sounds interesting. I, I just want all of. The D and D cards, Joe. Like, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna for, be an interesting set for for, sure. for those for those that don't remember. Back in the day when TCGs were becoming a thing, like around the 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 dawn of the nineties, if you will. So, Magic the Gathering has been around since ninety three. It what it was either prior to that. I'd, I'd look it up, but it don't matter for this point. Prior to that, or shortly after that uh, TSR was answering with their own card game, uh, which I believe... It wasn't called Spell Jammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but they had a card game of their own, but it was uh, based off second edition. Uh, but they did have a trading card game. Uh, let me see if I can even find it. 
uh, training card game. There we go. It was Spellfire. That's it, because it was based off the Spellfire mechanic in uh, Dungeons & Dragons 3rd Edition. So let's right. go to their Wikipedia. Uh, this was card you can uh, play in about 90 minutes or so. Uh, in June of 94 is when it was released. Uh, and TSR was the one sending it out. It was um, They were entering the, the fledging CCG card market with their take on a fantasy-themed card game, uh, as the Wikipedia says. But yeah, go check that out. Uh, it's kind of awesome that... Uh, well, first of all, this game lasted three years. Lasted until October 97. Oh, that's something else. They're going to be dungeon cards, Joe. Yeah, maybe. That, that I, I, I heard somewhere, I think officially, I think it was even during the cast, that there are going to be dungeon cards. Now, one thing that they did say on the, on the, their, because somebody, during their Q&A section, somebody mm-hmm. asked about uh, whether or not there would be planeswalkers uh, in this set. Yeah. Uh, and their response there was, stay tuned. Now, what I feel like we're going to see in this set, and I, I, so when people say planeswalkers, right. they think immediately of people like Jace and Chandra. And, right, magic you know, characters entering d and Yeah, and that's not going to happen from what I understand. No, no. Yeah. No, that I've heard that I've heard already, you know, little bits and pieces that that's not what's going to happen. But we will probably get some planeswalkers that are part of the Faerun universe or mm-hmm. what the, they the, that are able to traverse through Faerun's planes. Right. Uh, I could even see if we get an Elminster that Elminster is not a creature. That Elminster is a planeswalker. Oh, yeah. Because he about. has the capability of traversing the planes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I hope it's done well. I hope that part's done well. Right. Now, uh, keep in mind, again, this is uh, part of a standard release. So yeah. these cards will be legal in standard. So you get yep. to mix your chocolate and your peanut butter and you have a good time. Uh, so you'll be able to play this on Arena. Like, mm-hmm. Watsy's going to get so much... much they're going to, to quote Spaceballs, if I may... They're not just going to get a load of money. They're going to get a shitload of money. Right. I'm, like, I'm excited for this set. I really am. Oh, we, we've been excited about this set since they just, since they yeah, announced it. Yeah, pretty much. Simple. Like, pretty let's much. be real. Yeah. Uh, um, they did anyway. also say something about that we're going to have another uh, Secret Lair Super Drop coming soon. But yeah. they didn't have any uh, stuff on that. Uh, however, the biggest, the other biggest news of this entire week was the fact that uh, they are reopening sanctioned magic play for the United States on May 28th. All right, let's pause right there for a hot second. All right. Wizards, Wizards of the Coast, part of Hasbro, not subsidiary anymore, actual legit branch of Hasbro, is lifting their embargo yep. on in-store play. That does not mean your store will automatically have events. That right. does not mean your state, your county, your city, local governments, whatever, are allowing in-store play to happen on that date. Now, right. they, they when it comes down to the government, they, they don't care, right? Let's just put it that way. Right. It's all been kind of left up to the business anyway. This announcement 
uh, for for those uh, of, of you not understanding where I'm going, stay with me here. This announcement came out a couple days ago. We're already into May. For those of us that work, we probably plan things like vacations and time off work months, weeks in advance, right? Right, yeah. This is Memorial Day weekend, if I'm understanding the the date right in the calendar. Yeah. So people probably plan time away from work, including the local game store where they work, well before this announcement was even a hint of being a possibility. Yeah. So do not, do not, do not expect your store to be open that day for you to go play. And on top of that, don't expect them to just flip a switch and suddenly you can have 50 people in the store. That, that yeah. shit ain't going to happen either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally expect uh, stores to maybe have a, you have to sign up in advance. Right. Uh, and, and even pay in advance with cash, not store credit. Uh, to uh, You're dedicating your time and slot to go to this store to play for your three-pack promo, uh, foil-stamped, whatever. Uh, if your store ran more than one event on Friday Night Magic, forget it. It's probably just going to be one event. Yeah. So it may not be the format you want to play. So before you start thumbing at your store and demanding and being upset and just being a bitch, calm down. Yeah. Cal- literally calm down. A lot of stores are probably going to look at this and be like, cool, Wizards is lifting this. And then the next month, like in the middle, within weeks of this, is going to be a pre-release. I expect any store ready to go, just from anxiety, anxiousness, and just wanting people back, to use the pre-release as their launching point. Yeah. To get people in and and play or or whatever. But even then, it's going to be so, pun intended, limited uh, in regards to seating because they're not going to want to jam 50 people all wearing masks into a store like joe how many times have we been at epic loot for example playing magic and where we're playing it's just warm because yeah. of all the bodies around yeah, yeah not not yeah. not not talking about stenches or bo's or anything but just just the amount of bodies in that room yeah like you know from not to go all science here but you don't want a warm or an above normal temperature environment with a virus still floating around regardless if if we're vaccinated so we need to be patient we need to be thankful that wizards is even allowing stores to try and do something and we need to pick and choose our battles for me like uh i in this particular case i will use the one good line from x3 the last stand and say in chess we let the pawns go first (laughs) <laughs> so i i'm gonna wait will i probably go to an event like if they're doing modern sure if they they have a spot left like if they're only doing eight and if i don't get it cool whatever like right they're they're I, we've talked off uh off recording uh about maybe trying to do stuff just get people together and just jam games right so we i haven't figured out i haven't used enough brain power to figure out that yet yeah. Uh, plus, with uh, some of the people that we do want to game with, they're they got things going on IRL that are preventing them from being included uh, if we do that. So, you know, it's just trying to find that balance. 
us locally, we want to play. Right. But, you know, um, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm waiting it out. Um, there are stores locally. I was looking around, seeing if anybody had a statement uh, about this. Uh, and the only store that had a statement was from Epic Loot. Yep. Which I will go ahead and once I pull it up here, because it's, man, I, I have a lot of memes. All right, here we go. So, this is from Epic Loot here in Centerville, Ohio, who, by the way, during this pandemic, had to move up their timetable of closing their Springfield store, which was in a dying mall. They're yeah. going to move to a different location in Springfield, but unfortunately had to close it instead because uh, of the pandemic. That's a whole other story. But they're, they're still good. But anyway. Happy Friday, everybody. Wizards of the Coast has set a date for sanctioned magic play to resume Friday, May 28th. We are working towards reopening tables, but we might not meet that date exactly because health and safety are still the highest priorities, and it might take a bit longer for the game room set up the way it needs to be. However, right. we have already begun our prep, and we will have more detailed announcements when it's closer to time. Thank you all for your patience this past year, and stay tuned. So it's a very positive message, but kind of setting essentially what I said, you know, don't expect it to happen. Uh, there Immediately, are, yeah. Right. There are other stores in the area where if you go to their pages on Facebook, you can clearly see they're trying to do, quote, unsanctioned, end quote, uh, events. I, I, I honestly don't know if they're sanctioned or not. Um, right. And uh, it's disappointing. Uh makes me not want to go to the stores for even anything. So, right. yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait out. Anyway, let's get back to the good stuff about this, though. So, Sanction Play come back on May 28th. Yeah. Um, so, they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that means we're going to get... Obviously, they're going to talk about, you know, pre-release events or right. whatnot. Uh, they're also going to do this thing where uh, beginning June 18th, uh, if you purchase fifty dollars uh, or greater of sealed magic product, uh, they have a old bordered fable passage uh, foil promo that they're giving out to to people, which is sick. It's pretty cool looking, yeah. Uh, also, uh, that one of the um, things that they're going to be doing is that they're going to be bringing back uh, Mystery Booster, the convention edition of Mystery Booster. Two specific two WPN stores mm-hmm. uh, to where you can play draft and whatnot with it. So and let's the one thing to, to really point out here: this is the convention edition of Mystery Booster, mm-hmm. which means this one has the playtest cards, and those things yeah. are expensive. Yes, they kind of are. Yeah, holy cow. Yeah, so so that's cool. Uh, we're gonna get to see some uh, some of that happen. Um, and then, uh, that's really about it as far as the, the, um, that kind of thing, uh, in store play. Well, Uh, the, the Fable Passage promo, that's not like they're doing this, but down the road, they're going to do other promos, whether they're going to be like this or not. Right. So, um, actually it states here as more opportunities, right. We'll have. Five more foil retro frame promotional cards available through in-store play. Right. So, you know, they're, what this is telling me is that Wizards is finding ways to promote us going. Instead of promoting store events, they're promoting us or encouraging us 
to go to the store to support the store. Because, right. honestly, if you look at Wizards' profit margin from when Pandemic started to now, they don't need FNM. They don't need right. uh, events in stores to profit because they have a year's worth of data uh, and growing, showing that they clearly do not need it. Right. Um, but they still want their game to survive and thrive in the places that it really got its start, and that was a local game store. So, right. you know, man, I, it, it, the, the promos are giving, like this Fable Passage or the three-pack promos that have the foil Planeswalker stamps on, that cost them nothing. That's probably where they're going to, that, that's their ceiling, I would think, except maybe stuff like Mystery Booster or um, uh, Jumpstart. I believe they're, they're going to be getting more Jumpstart product to stores. Uh, yeah, so I, I haven't heard too much about Jumpstart, but... Yeah, I know it's coming back to Arena June 4th, I yes. believe. Yes, So we can get back into that again, but... Um, That'll be great, because that, that event is super fun in Arena. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, you, we, we get to uh, have a chance to crack, uh, crack Allosaur Shepherds and, and other uh, expensive mythics and things like that on Arena. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Wizards is clearly saying, with things that they're doing here, like what we just talked about, that they are wanting to still uh, promote and uh, help the stores out, regardless of having Arena on your cell phone right. or doing other stuff that makes us feel like they're not or they're pulling away from the stores. But right. speaking of Arena, we're getting new cards. <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. We are, again, getting yet another uh, historic anthology. Uh, historic anthology five 25 new cards to the historic format yep and uh one of those is the original og badass himself uh boring collects voice of hunger who asked for this uh, right uh yeah we uh and then the other one they showed was whirler rogue which is a uh magic origins card that puts doctors into play right and can make things not be able to block like right uh so that's that's fun but like we mentioned before, uh, June 4th and through early July, Jumpstart is re returning to Magic Arena, mm -hmm. uh, which is super cool because uh, I get to play a couple, more than a couple games uh, of Jumpstart on Magic Arena, and it is one of the most fun experiences. Uh, like, super fun. That That's uh, what I've heard, too. I, I suspect it'll remain the same where, yes. you know, instead of like when you go to your store, you get to pick whatever right but right your choice of three yes is usually uh, how it works yeah. yeah so it is a super fun and i mean super fun uh um you know play experience like okay. it's one of those play experiences that is just like you're you're like man this feels like a lot like i'm playing magic with like my buddies uh you know it where we just open packs and we played with them Oh, dope. Like, like okay. that's how it feels. Like, it's so good at that. I, I unfortunately did not take the opportunity to play it on Arena when it first came around, because I'm like, meh. Yeah, um, it's, you know, it's but incredibly good. I, like, I may at least try it once, just, just to try it. Um, yeah. I want to mention something real quick about these cards from Anthology 5. It just seems they just random pick stuff. Like, now, if they give us one each of the Praetors, yeah. uh, and this... That would be sick, because there's 25 new cards, right? So uh, five of them, if they're the Praetors, 
awesome, right? We get Elishnorn, we get uh, oh, what is the other? Doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, Urbrask, Sheldred, right. yeah, right. We we get all those, right? Plus with uh, Unbarrel rights and Faithless looting, like we we can start looking at Reanimator decks. Now, World of Rogue is interesting because it's from Magic Origins. Now, right. I've I've clamored forever to have any type of new format, Pioneer, Historic, whatever, start at Origins forward, right? Yeah. And what they did with the last anthology was they provided cards that were not in the Amonkhet remastered set or the Kaladesh remastered set. Right. So I wonder if World of Rogue's inclusion here indicates that World of Rogue won't be in Magic Origins remastered or whatever they do for that, or what Pioneer, I think they're doing like a Pioneer remastered, or what, I don't whatever know. I, I still think Pioneer is like super dead. I I do too, like what I talked to Spencer about that today at uh, Epic Loot, he and, and I agree with him, uh, because it, how they initially promoted Pioneer when, when they first made that announcement was you can take your cards that you haven't found a home yet, or are, are not powerful enough to be played in Modern but are not in standard, make a deck and play it. Right. Like, you know, and, and there are there are people in our local meta, like, that's their jam. I, I want to find a way to make this card work. I used to play it in standard. Maybe I'll make this particular deck work in Pioneer. Where, like, Energy, I think, was one of the big first decks that people were trying to make work in Pioneer. And it just, right. it just didn't. Um, for whatever reason. And... Unfortunately, the uh, stone face looking like they're taking a mugshot SCG grinders of the world, uh, like kind of went the other way with it. And we're trying to find the complete best thing to do. And everybody else, in, in, as far as magic players, just followed suit. Next thing you know, it's all these combo decks like inverter and cards have to be banned and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And even watching it was just excruciating because it's just the same decks over and over. You knew what card was going to be played. You knew the outcome of the game before it even began. Right. And for a new format, that's not healthy. That's not good. Um, and don't get me wrong. Y'all want to be competitive. Y'all want to uh, gas that up and go for it and, and try and you know cut throat and be number one. Cool. Go for it. But as I think we all learned from this last year or hope, learn people just want to play magic and have fun they are able to do it without going to a store going to some event and piling all in a car and staying in a cheap hotel for the weekend and yeah they, they or, just, an Air, or an airbnb right right exactly so like <laughs> you know can't like it's already bad enough that legacy and vintage are kind of relegated to eternal weekend like that they essentially that is their convention, right? Right. Mo- modern is kind of in this limbo right now, where it's like, is it going to be a pro tour format? Is it going to be a way for people to play it again on the MPL? Yes, no, maybe we don't know yet because we don't know when big events are coming back. Uh, Standard is of course going to be their flagship format for uh, high level play when we do return to paper play. Uh, right. as far as events beyond the stores. So where does Pioneer fit in on that? If Modern uh, isn't on proper footing coming out of this, like, uh, uh, Grand, Modern's a popular format, 
obviously, because Modern Horizons 2, where's Pioneer? That, that seems like... Right. Pioneer seems like the fifth wheel. Yeah, uh, it really does. So, you know, as much as I want to find another format to play Azorius Control in, I'm not really excited for Pioneer or its future. Uh, I honestly think the, the best... The best hope for another, quote, format, in my opinion, would be for Wizards to can Pioneer, focus it on Historic, start it from Origins forward, and add in cards from outside of that realm like they've already done with Thalia and soon Vornklex. Yeah, and... I was going to say, it seems like they want to curate the format more. Right, right, and do it, but have it on only in a digital format on Magic Arena, so you can play it on your cell phone right. while you're trying to walk to your local Starbucks, your head's down, and you're running into people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, so. but anyway, so, yeah, lot, man. A lot going on. Uh, it's also worth noting uh, that we're getting this uh, really interesting-sounding event also coming oh, on yeah, to, mirror, in mirror. July, the Mirror Mirror event, and... Uh, basically, uh, they're going to take uh, cards that were banned. This is a test. And I, I don't know what this really means. Like, there's no... Uh, you can read into this as much as you want. Right. Okay? We can re- you can read into this a conspiracy theory as much as you want, that this is a test to figure out how they could, you know, uh, rebalance cards in digital without, you know, affecting paper or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But I think mm-hmm. this is probably just what it sounds like on the tin, where it's just kind of a fun idea. Uh, and so the idea is that they're going to take cards that were banned and historic, uh, cards like Oko Thiefa Crowns, like Teferi Time Raveler, those kinds of cards, and they're going to change them slightly, uh, mm-hmm. to kind of figure out if, what if, like, Oko, like, had, like, a plus, you know, his first ability, you know, was, like, his second ability was, like, a minus versus, you know, a plus or, you know, right. something like that, you know, and so... Uh, yeah, I, that's going to be interesting to see what that looks like. Uh, I, I'm i excited to see what that looks like. I'm also still genuinely curious to see if we ever get a, a um, whatchamacallit, uh, one of the, uh, like, last, last month of Standard or whatnot, here's what Standard would have looked like with all these cards. Oh were, yeah, the yeah, just have a standard event where they no, just no ban everything. Yeah, yeah, no ban standard. <laughs> so, uh, like, I I I hope they do more with these cards in this mirror mirror event than put the uh, uh, alternate universe spot goatee on Oko and Fairy and be like, oh, we're done. We changed them. They're balanced now because they look evil. Right. Like, n- no, like we we need to do more. Um. But yeah, if they do this, to kind of go back to my last point about canning Pioneer and making Historic, like, that's their focus. Like, they'd be like, okay, well, this card didn't work how we wanted to in Standard. Right. But here we're going to make it for Historic, and it's only available on, on in Historic. It's not available anywhere else to play. And, and it probably would be, like, later on in a modern horizons three you know type right. set or something where they fix oko and right. you know they, they'll give it another name like right. they won't be oko thief of crowns they'll be 
uh, Oko the Thief or something. Oko right? Thief of my heart. Right. <laughs> uh, Oko Thief of the Bears or at, something. Look at those abs. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I still think, as, as much as people... As much as people complain about Teferi Time Raveler, here's my concern with this. Say they do what I just said, where it's like, we change it up, name and, and everything else. And then later on, it's like, here it is in paper. Now we have fixed Teferi Time Raveler and current Teferi Time Raveler. Like, it's going to be a bit much. Yeah. So... Um, like I said, I think there's a billion ways you could, again, I think there's a billion ways you could read into this. Sure. But I also think that they're, that Wizards of the Coast is not as insidious as they seem to be in some of these things. No. And I this, think, I think, all I think, been awesome. yeah, I think it's all literally just, we wanted to do something fun. Yeah. And that's really all it boils down to. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I hope it is. This yeah. feels fun. Right, and that's that's kind of like my point. Like, like I said, you can read into this as much as you want, but I don't think yeah. there's really much to read into. I think they just really just want to try something interesting. So, and for, for once, for once, with all the news we've covered in the last forty-one episodes prior to this, this has been the only thing where we've covered all this stuff, and. Uh, there's this little bit at the end where it's like, eh, we can look into some things and speculate, but it's like, meh. Yeah. Like, like, so much other stuff we covered. Well, they're doing this. What does this mean? Like, could could we be going down this path and all this other stuff? This is just, look at this awesome thing. Look at this awesome thing. Look at this more awesome thing. Right. This hammer of all this good news. Uh, Speaking of hammers... You can get the stupid ten ten hammer with uh, uh, Urza Saga. This is true. This yeah. is true. Just think of cards you can get with Urza. I, Saga I don't know how. Chapter. I don't know how good that is or how fast that is, but that's pretty. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably a bit slow. To be I honest, mean, I but... mean, it is un- technically uncounterable. So yeah, I, I think that is the one thing to, to be concerned about. But yep. I don't know. Uh, that's that's truly interesting too. So. Yep. But uh, yeah, so we we had a lot to cover this week, um, but we should probably start wrapping up here because that was basically it. Yeah, if uh, you're still with us, awesome! Thanks for hanging out. Like you know, I, I know Joe and I go long on our shows, uh, but you know, with all the things that were out, it actually took us this long. Yeah, it to was quite co- a bit to cover on. everything properly. So. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, let's start uh, by having anybody tell, having Scott tell us where he can find you on the internet, and uh, kind of go from there. That, that's MySpace. I, I don't yeah. want people invading. Wait, MySpace? Where? No, no, not that. Never mind. Uh, Do you have a MySpace? What? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes? Um, Is that remember, a yes? Did no. Hear... Remember, remember when Tom went to Facebook, and he still kept his MySpace uh, 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 user uh, image or whatever is his picture. Tried to friend everybody. Uh, that, was, that was funny. Anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at MTG Pack Foils. Uh, I will also be having articles hopefully really soon. I know I've been lacking on that at MTGPackFoils.com. Um, there's lots of stuff to, to talk about. I'm kind of getting back into the, the swing of wanting to be creative. Uh, I just 
have other things lined up at the moment that are taking up my normal time. We've done a lot of yard work lately, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I, because our puppy is getting into stuff mm. still, as puppies do. Uh, and, and just, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a year into owning a home and less than six months into being a dog owner. Like, once work is done, I leave my office. So I'm like, oh, this is what normal life is like? Yeah, yeah right. This, this is kind of awesome. Um, and then when I'm at the grocery store, I'm like, huh, I want some ice cream to go with my awesome. Okay, let's get some ice cream. You know, just stuff like that. And, and catching up on, because Joe's been asking for me to watch The Clone Wars for, like, ever. <laughs> and I'm now starting to do so. Yeah. So, yeah, like, there are things that are taking away from the time I would normally use to put in all my snarky energy into writing an article. Uh, so, be patient. I'll be back. I'll get to it eventually. I, I gotta use it, because I, I spent money to have a, uh, a WordPress page, so I should probably use my investment, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I should do that. But speaking of writing, I know Joe writes. Uh, where, <laughs> where can people find your articles and reach you for some horse mask imagery? Um, if you want to find the horse mask imagery, you can find my. You can look at my YouTube. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you can find my article. You can find me on Twitter at FullRathXP. You can also find the articles every Tuesday and every Thursday on MTG Goldfish, This Week in Legacy, and the uh, Vintage 101 series. Uh, you can also uh, find the cast at the Astrolab cast, the Astrolab podcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, if you want to find the horse mask video, it's in the, in the cast notes this week. Uh, it's certainly well worth watching uh, if you like horse-related action. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was something. So, but anyways, stompy horse stompy. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, I think that's all the time we got tonight. Uh, so thank you guys for, uh, listening and I hope you guys have a great night and, uh, we'll see you guys hopefully next week. All hail Bane.